We are Brightside Home Theater. <laughs> I like, uh, it's funny, I like where you're sitting. It's like, I can see you're sitting at the, literally, you look like a little kid sitting at the back of your theater. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because the chairs are higher than you. Yes, they are. Exactly. Yeah. I got, I just kind of made this set up a little for today. I've actually got a pair of powered speakers sitting next to my little crappy Chromebook. So there you have it. Yeah. It's like you're <laughs> hiding in the back corner talking home theater. It's like I snuck in. <laughs> it's so funny. How high is that riser, like from floor to the top row? Because I know you have two. It's probably eighteen, twenty inches, something like that. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. So you're yeah you're sitting, and then you got the chairs next to you. So right, I'm you... just sitting at I'm just sitting at a folding chair. Oh, are you? Oh, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say, what are you sitting on, like a bucket or something? <laughs> That might be an upgrade from what I'm sitting at. Yeah. Well, I, I did that when I was building my theater. I've told that story before that um, when I'm sitting in my, when I was building my theater that I have now in my house, um, mm-hmm. the TV came in and I, cause I used a Mitsubishi 65 uh, inch rear projection television. Wow. Those and, are monsters. Yeah. And I, I had built it into the wall. So that, like, I designed, when I designed the theater, the mm-hmm. TV was in, like, when you sat in the theater, it just looked like a flat screen. Wow. Okay. But this was 2001 before flat screens were affordable. I think yeah. they, I'm pretty, yeah, I, as a matter of fact, I know they existed. Plasmas were out then. Oh, yeah, and they were outrageous. Yeah, there was, when I shopped from my TV uh, at the place I shopped at, it was called Tweeter, um, and... They had a $75,000 plasma television that was like 40 inches. But the wow. thing, it looked awesome because you're like, oh, it's just, it's just hanging on the wall. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is great. You know, yeah. but it was, that was $75,000. And then the, the box that went with it was $5,000. <laughs> so you like, you had to put all your inputs and stuff into it. You needed that box. Um, you can so, get a hundred inch OLED for that now. Oh, geez, yeah, you could actually you could get a hundred inch OLED. Well, maybe not an OLED, but you can get a hundred inch display. Right. For, you know, right around what is it like five grand, something like that? Maybe even under yeah, that. five six grand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's not bad. No, but it's um, not. but yeah, getting back to the bucket when they delivered it to my house, the television. I had the, the front wall was already, it, I had all the drywall up. Everything was done with the exact opening that I needed. So the guys just brought it in. There was a shelf on the, built to the floor to the exact specs where I wanted the, the thing to sit. And I just dropped it in. And that was my first opportunity because the sound and everything was in there. Sure. Um, I was just waiting on this. And uh, there was no carpeting yet. There was no paint on the walls. There was, you know, a lot more had to be done. No furniture, obviously, because so my buddy had come over and I'm like, we were both big Fast and Furious fans. And so we pulled up two, two five gallon buckets, flipped them over, sat there. And we, all we wanted to do was watch a scene. 
on the sure. television. So I connected right. and everything, right? Right. And yeah. next thing you know, you're like, you get Shawshanked, and there you are sitting there on a bucket because we're like, wow, listen to the sound because I had five channels set up. And, right. Uh, sure. It was fun. It was fun. But it, I mean, the echoes, it was just, you know, but it was fun to do. <laughs> Fun to it was do. fun, but not the greatest. Uh, it's not like what you have now, exactly. <laughs> no, but at the same time, I was coming from, I had just moved here. I just built the house, and mm -hmm. I had come from my living room theater in an apartment. So this oh, was wow. my first opportunity in a dedicated room and to get yeah. going. You know, and it, it got better really quick when you oh, put carpet sure. in. and I put treatments on the walls and stuff, but... Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was just, it's just fun to go as you go. I've said that to many people, like, don't just yeah. keep putting it off. Just start building. And even if you have to prop your speakers up, just have some fun with it while you're going. Because if you just keep looking at a project, mm -hmm. you'll never get to the project. You can't look at the end game. You have to look at like each individual step and just do those steps and enjoy it as you go. So, yeah, I know. I know people who wait for the next thing. It's like, you don't know what the next thing is. It's going to be really expensive when it comes out. Get something current, and when the next thing comes out and the prices start to go down, sell what you have and, and upgrade. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you, if that's one of the things. And while we're talking here, I haven't even introduced you yet. This, you know, Greg was it Bartley? Is that yes. correct, Greg yes. Bartley? Mm -hmm. I yeah. latest the late as this comes out, this will be out on Tuesday, but as this comes out, you're the latest HT tours guest. Uh, mm -hmm. Thank you very much for that. Thank you very much for your patience because we recorded that a couple months ago and hey, the holidays <laughs> and just like, you know, I dude, I get it. I completely yeah, yeah. get it, DJ. So, yeah. So no need to apologize. But, um, but yeah, for all the listeners. Yeah. You, this is, this is Greg. Uh, check out his, his theater at, uh, uh, HT guys YouTube page. Yeah. They have the HT tours there. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so the FOMO going on in this hobby is just, I think it's part of the hobby, but mm -hmm. it, it, I've been doing this so long that I'm just, I, I don't have a fear. I'm always looking out for what you're missing, mm -hmm. but I'm not afraid of it. You know what I mean? It's not a fear of missing out on something because like you just said, it's like, don't be afraid of that next big thing because eventually, as we know, being in it this long, stuff comes down to market to you. Oh, duh. Yeah. Right? You know, like I was just saying about the plasma televisions, you know, it's like right. you, you can't be like, oh my God, I'm going to wait. You can't, one, you can't wait for it because sometimes technology dies before it gets to come down, you know? Right, um, sure. But you just, just have fun. And, and it, that's what I've been doing all along. And, and obviously you as well with your theater mm -hmm. and, when Ara asked you in that uh, in that tour, like, how long did this take you to do? It's like, I didn't know which way we were going with that question because it was like, like the room or your right. home theater tour journey. So right. now that I have you here, mm -hmm. let's get into your home theater journey. <laughs> well, you know, I was an early adapter. My first, uh, my first setup was a forty-three inch Sony Monster. You know, regular four by three TV. Yeah. I think it was a four. No, I'm sorry, it's a thirty-six inch. And it was um, an Akio ProLogic receiver, and then like five mismatch speakers, and that's where it all started. And I want to say that was probably nineteen ninety-one ish. Kind of, yeah. 
one like VHS, uh, Hi-Fi VHS was ruled the world back then. And um, that was a different life, a different house, a different everything. And, uh, you know, so coming from the audio-centric world, that was my first experience setting that kind of stuff up. It, that's back, I think the, uh, it was S-Video Connections back then, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. 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 So, um, so I got, I got hooked pretty early in. And like I said, I love concert videos. So I had a, an old uh, golden earring concert video VHS tape that I oh, threw geez. in. And that's the first thing I watched on that. Cause like I said, I just, you know, being such a music nut like I am and, uh, had a couple of buddies over there like, man, this is pretty cool, you know? So, uh, and then it's just been an evolution since then. So, um, I wound up moving out of that house. Um, it separated from my first wife at the time. And I lived with a, a buddy that was a coworker. So, um, I said by that time I had definitive technology, the big, um, 2000 series, I think they were. Mm -hmm. So when I moved in with him, I had those and I had a sub and all that. And I wound up putting that in like an eight by 10 bedroom. Oh, nice. <laughs> my roommate's like, you're putting that up in your room. I'm like, yeah, what's the problem? I didn't see yeah, it. I didn't. <laughs> he goes, well, just don't knock the walls down. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, you know, then I wound up getting my own apartment. And that's when I got my first rear projection TV, like you were talking about. I think it was. A Toshiba, if I remember right, or something like that, from good old Sears when they were still around. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I just over, and then I met my current wife. We got our first place and our second place, then our first home, and now we're here. So I've moved quite a bit since uh, my initial journey. And when we bought this house, um, you know, she's just like, have at it in the basement, like I said, you know, before on the tour. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is she watched the tour with you and I, I mean, she's like, you know, you did pretty good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did you think was going to happen? I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, just like I said, I made a couple mistakes in the planning. I, if I could have done it all over again, I wish I would have had a better clue of where I was going to put the seats before I put the equipment in. But the filter is like, you got to tell us where to drop the wiring like now. Yeah. So, um, you know, but I made it work. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm messing with that myself right now. Like I want to build my theater as the house is going, but then at the same, and I, cause I want to have a lot of like the electrical I want done mm -hmm. everything else I can do myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but I want electrical all to code and stuff like that. But because once they're there, it doesn't really cost you much more to have them. Can you go downstairs and drop some plugs in for me and do, you know, mm -hmm. and do that. But at the same time, I don't want to get too far into it and have them be like, well, you can't do this. You can't. I'm like, just running speaker wire. Yeah, but we have to because they're going to want that money. So, you, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? They're, they're like, oh, yeah. eh, but but I'm the one hiring them. So I don't know. We'll so are you doing some work in the home you're in now? Are you going to be moving or what are you doing? Yeah, I'm moving. I'm, oh. I'm building a house. Um, I'm building uh, like pretty much down the street from here. Like it's only like 15 minutes away from this house. Uh, my son's taking okay. this house uh, and oh, I'm yeah. building uh, with a, you know, an in-law attached to it for my parents. And then oh, so nice. it's a full like, we both want 
obviously my parents are older than I am. I'm 52. Um, My wife and I were like, we want, you know, single floor living. Mm -hmm. So that's what we were thinking. And we're like, we'll do that. And then we're like, why don't we take my parents in too? So we've got this, you know, floor design that's all single floor, which means it's going to have a pretty big foundation area. So that's. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 So. At first, we were saying, like, oh, we want two bedrooms, uh, three bedrooms on our side, uh, mm-hmm. two bedrooms for my parents. And I'm like, you know, because we want we want two rooms for grandchildren. You know, both our kids sure. are going to, you know, eventually have kids, and we want to have them over, and we want to have space mm-hmm. and this and that. And then as you get into the project a little further and prices and everything, and we're trying to save money here and there, and we're like, what do we need a second bed, a third bedroom for on our side? We need our bedroom and an extra bedroom. So we're going mm-hmm. that two bedrooms on our side and like a bedroom and a small office for my parents. Because we kept saying, we're like, look at what we're going to do in the basement. And it's like, she's given me the basement. I'm getting to do everything I've always wanted to do down there, which is a theater, a lobby area, game room, all like, so I get that half of the house. She gets the top half, you know, the main floor and, Mm -hmm. um, really excited about it. And, but like we said, it's like the idea of having like, what do we need a third bedroom for on our side? When we have the whole downstairs, we can, you know, in my lobby area and air game room area with televisions, we're going to put like a pull-out couch type area down there. So what kid oh. isn't wa- going to want to go down and sleep on the couch and watch, you know, in a game room? So, right. <laughs> so we're like, we got the whole downstairs to entertain. What are we worried about this for? So kind of yeah. it, it The house keeps shrinking a little bit. You know, the foundation, I should say. So right. but that's how you I save money. You. Well, that's good, though, that you have like a full basement. You'll have storage down there, I'd assume, and things like that. I'm trying to keep it to a minimum because we're doing uh, storage in the attic, uh, walk-up attic, so that I can store most of my stuff up there. I'll have small storage area in the basement, but Mm -hmm. I want to have, like, a bathroom down there, uh, small, like, not really a kitchen area, but, like, kind of, like, you're in a concession area, have a sink and stuff, so I'll have that. And then basically where your HVAC stuff and your oil tank and all that will go, that'll be, that'll be behind a wall. Mm -hmm. Obviously you're not going to see it, but that'll be kind of your storage area. I'll build that into, that'll be the small storage area in the basement. But most of the basement's going to be dedicated to the theater and basically the openness of a game room type, you know, lobby area. Right, exactly. It'll be DJ's Funhouse. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, the theater will be done, hopefully, like, when we move in. Like, the day we move in, I should be able to get into the theater. I don't know if I'll have furniture and stuff, but I'm going to frame that and, like I said, do everything as we go. It's the mm-hmm. rest of it that's going to be, like, I'll work, I'll chip away at finishing the floors, finishing the walls, finishing everything in there, and then and then oh, decorating wow. it. That's probably going to take a couple of years. Oh, easily. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I had to build or do all that, because first of all, I've never done it. You know, I've helped friends here and there, but I don't want people walking down in my basement and say, yeah, you did this yourself, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) The walls would be like this, you know, but so my, my circumstances were a little different, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the cool thing is, is, um, I got to know my building, uh, manager, whatever you want to call it, the project manager. 
really well. And I told my says, hey, you know, this is, you know, you take care of me. I'll take care of you. If you need something, if you got any questions, let me know. I I brought the uh, the building crew pizza a couple times, oh, stuff nice. like that. You know, and they, I think you know when you get workers working for you, if you treat them like humans and like be friendly toward towards them, it kind of helps, kind of facilitate oh, yeah. getting things done. And you could tell they were a little bit more extra, you know cautious and aware of things i guess it was probably fun for them too because it's not often they probably get to build a theater no no especially one like they're like i mean how many wire drops do you have us putting in i'm like yeah a lot (laughs) so yeah absolutely and uh unfortunately the the building uh my project manager got moved out of state because he really wanted to see this when it was all done but but by the time we um took it took over um and, and got in he was already in a, in a different state but yeah, he was a good guy but uh yeah so i uh so what now are you gonna build like a dedicated room within the basement or is going to be part of an yep. open area no it's a dedicated it'll be a dedicated theater dedicated mm-hmm. room uh basically uh, as as much of a, a room within a room as well okay um i've got i've talking to the architect about it and i've got a design for not only for soundproofing re you mm-hmm. know issues but also for like everything you said future proofing it um being able to run wires easily and when you build a room within a room if you leave just enough space it's like i want to be able to get behind almost every wall right sure or at least three of the walls be able to get mm-hmm. myself in between so i can run wires down there Um, and then even on the fourth side that I, maybe I can't physically squeeze down the the wall, be able to get in from the top or something like that, because even the, the ceiling is going to be separated from everything. It's just going to be a complete room within a room. And, um, that way, like, you know, like you said, you having them drop wires and stuff. And like, when we did your theater, you've got these different, you know, openings in your ceiling because that's the wrong spot. And. But that's right. going to happen over the next 20 years. Who knows oh, yeah, what, what yeah. kind of speaker systems we're going to have, what kind of... Well, have, it, it's like, you know, like 32.16.94. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's like, when I built the theater that I have now, I did kind of the same thing, except for it wasn't a room within a room. That's where I, I didn't know what I know now 20 years mm-hmm. ago, and sure. my walls are, like, attached to the floor joists of the set of the main floor. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, one wall on mine is literally nailed right to the beam that holds up the house. Holy so smoke. any kind of, you know, reverberation going into that wall goes right into the main beam of the house. So all that base, everything is going, it's just making the house its own speaker. Right. Sure. So whereas knowing what I know now, if I literally kept it a quarter of an inch away, Right. And you right. just separate it. Nothing goes through that, you know, the, or the mm-hmm. vibrations don't go through, um, mm-hmm. all those little things that I know now, mm-hmm. but even still, when I designed the room, if you were to look at my theater on the top, it looks like it has like a black six inch, you know, molding all the okay. way around. Okay. All of that is separate. It's all open behind it. It's like, you just pull the screws. They're screwed right into the studs. So you can oh, pull man. those out and run wires up and down all the way, all the way around the room. 
So whenever I had to add a speaker, I could just, I pop all those off. I can run the wire, pop it down the wall and pull it through. Uh, That's how I did my Atmos. You know, I had access to the ceiling above. I just had to cut the holes and snake the wire through and pull it in. And it it wasn't an issue because it was already, the idea was already there that I know I'm going to be doing this, (laughs) you know, and who knows 10 years from now, what we'll be doing, you know? So it's yeah so are you going to be transferring most of your equipment that you have now over there are you going to be doing a getting some different things for that or yeah um well this theater's staying here i'm leaving it leaving it pretty much intact to my son oh okay Um, so he's getting (laughs) he's one of the few people in the world that's ever gotten a hand-me-down theater um (laughs) but he's getting um so I, when I recently upgraded to my Morant 7706 and Mm -hmm. I, I reallocated my Emotiva amp and bought the Emotiva basic, uh, basic six basics. Yeah. yeah, I, I went all that route. Part of the reason I, I thought it would be a good idea to do that was because the Denon that I was using can just get reinstituted when I leave. So sure. Pretty much everything in my rack that I'm using now will go, except he's going to keep the Zapiti, use the Denon, and I'll prob and and I'll probably leave. Maybe I'll take the Blu-ray player. Maybe he'll. I don't know. It's like I don't really do a lot of Blu-rays anymore because of the Kaleidoscape, right. but mm-hmm. I should have one. But who knows what the tech will be a year from now? Maybe there'll be a new Blu-ray player. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. small. That's the small stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I'll take my Lumagen with me. He gets the, he gets this projector. I'll get an upgrade in a projector. Um, and then the only other thing I, so really all I need in the new one projector, mm-hmm. a screen speakers, cause I'm leaving everything here and seats. Okay. So I'm kind of in the market over this next year until we move, we're hoping this project a lot, the house will be done and I'll be moving in by a year from now, by December. Okay. Um, but who knows? You never know. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to try out new speakers in my theater now because I know how things sound in there and I can compare them. I love the way my theater sounds and I want something close as close to that as I can get maybe a little bit brighter. Cause as I've said before, I'm getting older. So, you know, you want like maybe a little bit brighter, but I still like neutral. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll be trying stuff out like that. Uh, looks like SVS is probably the route that I'm, I'm leaning towards right now. Um, okay. because that's what I've heard about. theirs. haven't actually heard any of their stuff in my theater yet, but I'll be trying them out soon. Uh, and then we'll, are, we'll go from there. What brand are you running down there now? nht oh nht yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. okay and i I love my nhts i love them for i've had them since the 90s i was gonna say because they've been um unfortunately out of business for a while now but i had a local dealer i don't think they are are they i don't know if nht is around anymore i haven't seen any of their products because i i frequent audio stores and i haven't seen any of their products in a store in a quarter maybe i'm wrong it wouldn't be you can get them online And it's like, oh, okay. uh, yeah, cause I, I upgraded my front set, my front set. I had, I was running, um, ones and zeros. Okay. Uh, not, you know, I don't mean to be digital, but yeah, ones and zeros in my room. So right. I had the zeros across the front and I have, um, uh, which is the bigger one. I, I always mix it up, but the bigger I ones across remember. the front. 
And then okay. I still have, and I think those are the zeros. The I still have four zeros around the back, right? Two two surrounds and two rear surrounds. But then I just upgraded to their well, probably three years ago, three or four years ago, um, their C series across the front. So C okay. left, the, you know, the C series bookshelf, and then their um, C series center channel. Okay. And those are all comparable to like an SVS, uh, ultra mm -hmm. really they're, you know, right. as bookshelves go. Um, and I love them. I've, and like I said, I was running these things since it's 95 in my sure. apartment. And I, and I have no reason to deviate from them other than see what else is out there. Try and upgrade. I mean, if, you know, it's, I don't know. I re I really really love them, and it's so. Hey, that's what counts, and I think um, SVS will probably be at least a similar sound to them. I think they use maybe the same type of metallic tweeters, if I remember right. I, I could think I that. think they might actually be. I'm hoping they're an upgrade to them, a slight uh, upgrade in detail. I'm hoping mm -hmm. because I'm, what I'm thinking is from the descriptions I've heard and talking to nick i'm like i think they are considered a neutral speaker but i've heard they're a little bit maybe more if you were going to lean them one way or another they're a little bit brighter and that's going to help pull out some details of you know in your higher higher frequencies which sure. i think could be a lot of fun because like if i upgrade to that after dealing with the nhts for so mm -hmm. many years right that's going to feel like you know bells and ding and little noise i just be like wow listen to the detail around my room especially if i went all the way around sure. um so uh you know that's I'm, I'm looking at something like that i mean going through your theater looking at your speakers at your front stage i was actually looking at those as well those are a lot more expensive but i was looking at the bookshelves which are i think the bookshelves what are they the fives five t's yeah the five t's and those are mm. I want to say those were like uh, four grand a pair. So that wasn't I too crazy for me, but yeah. it's it's up there. Yeah, and uh, you know, the funny thing is a friend of mine um, used to have five T's, but he was using them as his rear surrounds. <laughs> and um, I, I couldn't believe for the, their size what they sounded like. And the imaging, to me, imaging when I'm listening to music, I want to not tell where my speakers are sitting that's kind of like my end game you know where i can say you know if, if i turned out the lights and i asked somebody to point to where the speakers are they couldn't tell me you know what yeah. i mean and his those even those bookshelves were were the same way they just disappear in the room kind of a thing it's getting into the audiophile gobbledygook there if you will but you know there's something to that and uh yeah but no i know um i always tried to listen to as many different brands of speakers i used to i miss going to little mom and pop audio shops they're pretty much gone you know yeah. they're still out there especially like you know you get into more populated areas there's probably more of them where i live you know i'm in west of cleveland and there's still some a few of them around but they're basically a dining breed and i used to love just to go in and listen to different stuff and now you pretty much have to do that at home and hope for the best like those those speakers up front, I actually bought those used after um, 
reading some great reviews on him, the uh, the characteristics that the guy was explaining in his review was exactly what I was looking for. And the closest dealer to me that had them was in um, Cincinnati, which is on the opposite side of the state there. It would have been about a four and a half, five hour drive down there. Oof. Yeah, and I was going to go check them out, but um, a pair came up like almost brand new online from a guy in Wisconsin, and he and I kind of bargained back and forth a little bit. And uh, so I just kind of took a leap, leap of faith, you know, because I had never heard them. And like I said, it's over 10 years and I still have them, which like for me is saying something. Oh, so yeah. yeah for you after, yeah. Cause you love speakers, you love audio, you know, audio holic yeah. or audio file and you're yeah. to stick with something that long. It's like, I've never been, I'm more of a, like, get something and be loyal to it, whether it's speakers, my wife, or you know, <laughs> she likes that. She, it, I mean, seriously. I would hope so. Yeah, but at the, yeah, well, at the same time, what's <laughs> funny is, I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast before, but and anybody listening, is your wife as worried as mine is because I keep upgrading everything I ever own? Right. I mean, I'm loyal to my speakers and I've, but as technologies evolve, right, we're, we're upgrading. So if you watch us, it looks like we're upgrading everything. And my wife's like, she's always saying like, when am I getting upgraded? Exactly. And I, I can't say an upgrade like, in your husband or what? Huh? <laughs> you want an upgrade in your husband? What are we talking? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, she's like, when am I? Yeah. She's like, well, she's always worried. I'm going to upgrade her. And I'm like, Hey, stay on your toes. You never know. No, I'm like, I, no. I'm not like that. I'm super loyal. I'm loyal to a fault. And, but when technologies evolve, and I think that's, what's fun about this hobby. It's like, you know, you just, that's, that's probably why I've been with like NHT because technology and speakers doesn't really change. So what, what would I need? Right. And it's like, I find it fascinating for people that love to go through all these different sets of speakers. Like, Johnny speakers mm-hmm. and Danny speakers. They buy speakers all the time. Listeners of mine. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they just, I'm like, I, I can't, I, I, I don't understand that. Cause I'm like, I like the content and I'm not arguing with them. I'm not saying it's wrong. Right. It's just such a m- different mindset that I can't wrap my mind around it. It's like, I want to mm-hmm. get something. I want to, I just want to watch the content, but that must be fun too, to have. And, and you probably, we can get into that and you and audio being an audio file. It's like, do you do different sets of speakers and then just listen to the same content, like some fun stuff that you love? And now it's like, I can't wait to see what these, what, what this piece of music sounds like on these speakers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is that what you guys do? Is that, that's, what's fun to you? It's funny to me there, you know, the term audiophile to me is very broad. I mean, there are audiophiles that have literally multi-million dollar systems. I was in California and I heard a, just two channel audio system and the price tag was just south of seven hundred thousand dollars so you can get crazy with that oh i know and there's people like me that haven't won the lottery and i'm not you know i don't own a chain of um savings and loans so i have to be a little bit more careful with my expenditures and um but yeah, there's guys, I know that there's guys that are constantly looking for, they're never satisfied. I call them the never satisfied audiophile. They're looking for perfection. And, and to me, and this is, this is my opinion, it, perfection isn't out there. It just isn't. There's always going to be some kind of compromises with, with audio equipment, yeah. at, least a, at least a little bit. But yeah, um, 
Yeah, so I know guys that constantly, like, if they keep a set of speakers or a pair or amplification or whatever it is for two years, that's like forever for them, you know? And yeah. uh, so, but me personally, I'm loyal to aerial acoustics now because I did some changes until I found what I consider to be my speakers, right? They're my speakers. So I'm happy with them. I don't, I've heard other speakers. I've heard plenty since I've bought these. And I can honestly say I haven't heard anything that I like more. Maybe some that as much as or close to as much. But, you know, in, in all honesty, they were more expensive. So, you know, so there's, yeah, there's, a, I mean, there's people that change out like RCA cables, XLR cables, uh, digital to analog converters, turntables, cartridges. It, it, dude, it's crazy. I know. I mean, <laughs> the, the the pursuit of perfection can drive you mad. And thank God I'm not like that because I think I drive myself crazy. Well, I, I think that's, I mean, just uh, since I've, I bought the turntable, I got the speakers from Ara and the emails that I get on like warning me of the road that you can go down and then oh, yeah. the suggestions of stuff that you can do. And it's like, all you can do this, um, you know, do this for this long and then you can upgrade to this and you'll hear. And it's like, and I understand all that. I obviously, I understand that from home theater. I, I have that mm -hmm. same advice. It's like, enjoy it for a while. Then mm -hmm. if you hear a problem or see a problem, that's mm -hmm. how I try to advise people to go along. Like, you know, it, it, to, in the simplest terms, it's like when somebody wants to get into home theater, I'm like, get the biggest TV you can afford. And, you know, I don't care about quality of television, just the biggest television you can afford to fit in a room. And that's what you're going to go with and work your way from there. And then it's like, you don't need to get the OLED right away. You don't need right. to get top quality right away because mm -hmm. you're not going to know the difference anyways. Grow into it. So that's mm -hmm. a lot of the advice I'm getting on audiophiles from audiophiles uh but at the same time it's, it's you know i don't know if that's a road i'm gonna go down even you know because it's like i i already do that in in the theater i don't i'm just enjoying my stuff uh in my living room my my turntable and my wife and i will put on a record here and there and it's like mm -hmm. i'm enjoying that but i don't know if i'll i'll chase that i don't you know what i mean like because there's a lot to, like you said, it's like, that's part of it. It's like to chase it is a different thing. It's like maybe, you know, a year from now, two years from now, you know, that the cartridge thing that fascinates me. I, I don't know mm. why it's probably because I don't know about it. Right. But the, mm -hmm. the whole idea of the cartridges and, but then, like you said, it's like, you can spend $700,000 on an audio, just an audio system, mm -hmm. same in home theater. You can spend, you know, million dollars, seven, whatever you want on it mm -hmm. but is it necessarily that much better i feel like you're getting into like such refinements at that point and i feel like our systems are at right at that point of like every well i know i feel like my system is right at that point of like every upgrade from here is just gonna be not that i don't want to do it but still just a tick upwards mm -hmm. Right. Sure. And it's like, I mean, there are better systems. I know that, but then it's like, how much better can you get in this size room? Right. Yeah. It's the old diminishing return thing. You yeah. know, you can buy a $700 pair of speakers and a $7,000 pair of speakers 
put them right next to each other, and is the seven thousand dollars speaker going to send ten, sound ten times better than the seven hundred? No, it's right. You know, I mean, it, maybe it could, but you know, in, in reality, it's it's really probably not going to. And uh, you know, I, some people when they come in here and I play music for them, I can tell when the light bulb goes off and they notice, wow, this is different than what I'm used to hearing. But to be honest with you, the majority of them are like, yeah, this is cool, but I'll go home to my, you know, my Bluetooth speaker, which is great. You know, yeah. that's fine. We're all wired differently. And uh, yeah. like, I've got a coworker uh, that's in audio too. And um, he's had the same system for quite a while. He came over and heard mine and he, it was one of those light bulb moments. So he went out and um, I've been helping him out and he's putting together a whole new system kind of based on what he liked and uh, what he heard down here. So I get, I get so um, geeked out about that stuff, man, I'll help you out. I'll look for, I'll keep an eye on the used market. If I see something that you, you might like, I'll send you a link for it. I just, that stuff gets me, gets my juices flowing, so to speak. It really does. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I used to be like that with gear when people, and uh, I think since, since I've had kids and, and a little bit more over the last 15 years became a little more budget conscious, um, mm-hmm. just because I had to be, I didn't have like, not that I've ever had a ton of disposable income, but there was, and when I say disposable, I, I, I factor my theater into my, my, mm-hmm. my income, my, you know, my output every yes. month. it's like it's your ins and your outs (laughs) but yeah exactly but but what i mean by that is it's like kind of like when you're running a sports team like you hear you hear managers and stuff or or gms all the time talk about like like red sox yankees they have the money to make a mistake right whereas other teams they don't have the money to they make a mistake it costs them big time and it costs them for years Okay, mm-hmm. because they have to recoup the money they lost in whatever mistake it was. Whereas Red Sox, Yankees, their budgets are through the roof and they have the money pouring in. So if they make a mistake, they just backfill it with the money that's pouring in. Right. Exactly. When I didn't have kids, I had a little bit of that. Like I could buy something mm-hmm. and be like, oh, oh, well, I'll just get. All right. It didn't work out the way I wanted. So I've been I haven't toyed a lot with experimental stuff. I would say the last experimental thing I did was probably being an early adopter of both Blu-ray and, you know, the HD, H, what was it? D DVD, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That was the, the first, and I bought them both like the same day. I bought a stack of each and went home. (laughs) And even at that, they were each 500 bucks at the Mm -hmm. time, which it used to, well, at previous to that, it was like, if you wanted to be an early adopter of DVD, way back it was like a thousand bucks for the first player right Right. now they were like oh these are like 450 499 i'm like all right i can get one of each and it's right i can get one of each and a bunch of blu-rays for the price of what it used to be to be an early adopter so i'm like hey let me dabble in that so i did it and i no regrets whatsoever i had a blast doing it um we haven't had a format war like that since then um, no, I don't that's true. I don't know if we ever will again, to be honest with you, because everything's going streaming. Now the, streaming. the wars are, the wars now is who's the better streamer, right? And we all can do that, but mm-hmm. uh, can you have another format war? Maybe display? I, I don't know. 
I agree with you. <clears throat> with streaming taking over, I don't see that ever happening again. And, you know, it's the same thing on the audio side of the house, too, with streaming. You know, everything used to be, like, MB3 compressed and all that stuff. And now you got, play, like, uh, Tidal and uh, Cobas are known for, you know, CD quality, sampling, and above. So, um, yeah, I just don't see another video format war coming, but who knows? I think a lot of it just has to do with your bandwidth as far as streaming. If you're in a place where you can get good bandwidth and you don't buffer a lot, you know, for most people, that's going to be absolutely fine. So I just don't see it being a, you know, problem in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think the trick now is to get the bandwidth to everybody. Yeah. You know, and it's like, mm -hmm. I mean, the majority of the population lives within cities which has a decent bandwidth, but then you have a good segment of the population that is outside the cities. And I consider myself part of that, but even here in Massachusetts, it's not rural Massachusetts. I don't consider as rural as other places because our States are so small around here. You're pretty mm -hmm. close to some city, right? You know, as opposed yeah. to you go out to like Montana and it's, you know, there's people out there that don't have, you know, that might still be using dial up for all I know. It's, it's right. Cause I know when I had dish network, um, I used to read a ton about that stuff and there, you know, dish is huge out in that area and was, that's where satellite was a big deal because people didn't have internet. People didn't have reception that other people, you know, so they had a huge, I used to talk to the techs all the time and they'd be like, when they came to the house and you know, they'd see my setup. I'm like, okay, I got to, I have to have you set up over here. And I'd actually be doing the install and they'd be like, learn literally learning from me. Like, all right, now we're going to, cause they usually go in and put it to the back of a television. And I'm like, no, I need this set up to go into this theater and I'm going to run it to the multiple room. And I'd already had the infrastructure. I wired the house for the infrastructure for it. And they just came I'm like, just give me a box, sit back. And you know, if I have an issue, I'll let you know. <laughs> it's like, but, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, but yeah. outside of this, outside in the rural areas, they, they just don't, you know, they don't have the, the bandwidth that we have. And right. I know that where I live, I was, I was a lineman for AT&T for 25 years. So I, oh, wow. I'm, you know, I, I was on the field all the time and, um, you know, you get into some sections of the area, and this was long before, you know, everything was still analog, I mean, at that time. Mm. And some of the copper lines are just, you know, they'd seen their better days. I'll just put it to you that way. But now I think just they got to push fiber out everywhere they can, and they're really starting to do that. I know here in Ohio they're starting to do that. Imagine they're doing that a lot by you because it's limitless. It just depends on what you put on either side of it. Whereas right. Comet, you know, copper is limited by a lot of different things that, that fiber just isn't. And, uh, speaking of rural, I, I took a couple uh, work trips out to California and, uh, I was in this little tiny town called Fort Bragg. And you talk about like, I mean, it was crazy. It, I mean, my, I would get lost all the time because my Jeep, I get, five minutes out of the downtown and my GPS is like, I don't know where you're at right now. <laughs> <laughs> you, you probably know better than I do. And, uh, that was, that was kind of, um, eye opening to see, um, when there's this, like, you're basically in the middle of nowhere. I mean, they were right on the coast too, the Pacific right. coast, you know, and 
It, that that was eye opening. Just seeing different rural areas oh. out there, and I don't have fiber. how much different it is in the inner city. Yeah, I don't have fiber out here in in, in my town yet. Yeah, um, I have I have a one gig connection, but it's not fiber. It's however they're doing it. But like yeah. when you get fiber, you get a one gig up, one gig down, right? Right. It's asymmetrical. Right. Symmetrical. I mean, I yeah. have I have a one gig connection, but my one gig connection is you know oh you might get nine hundred, you might get it depending on the day or whatever. <laughs> but my my upload speeds are like mm -hmm. forty five, right. not four hundred and fifty. It's forty five. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was a big upgrade. When I upgraded to the, to the gig connection, I got that and it gives you like 45 up. But my other connection was when I, I think I, I jumped everything. I was at a hundred, hundred megabyte connection and I was getting like 10 and that was it up. Wow. And, and so going yeah. to 45, I was like, especially doing the podcast and, Back in the day, John and I used to exchange files. My, my co-host, John, used to exchange files all the time. He would send me his, and then I'd have to upload stuff to him. And it was like, it would take, like, forever. And my uploads are still pretty pretty slow now compared to most of the people I know. But but even still, like I said, I still don't have fiber here. My parents do, and they're only a few towns away. Yeah, it's kind of like hit and miss. I think they tend to hit the more populated areas first because they get more bang for their buck there. Yeah, you know, oh, when they course. invest in the putting out the fiber, it's not cheap. It's really expensive to to roll it out, but once they do, you know, that's where they start to recoup their money in the more populated areas. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, that's. I, I don't blame them for that. That's business. That just totally no. makes sense, you know. Exactly. Um, but. I mean, we'll eventually get it and it'll be great. It's like, I remember when I moved out here, I did, I had dial up in my town. I lived in Franklin, which was a more, you know, robust town for this stuff. So we got, we got uh cable internet earlier in Franklin, but then I moved West here to Douglas and this town was, you know, literally like going out into the woods. So everybody in in the town i was in, in franklin was like oh you should get cable internet it's so fast it's this and this and this is back in the 90s and mm -hmm. i'm like i'm moving out to the woods guys if i get cable here and then have to go back to dial up i'll be pissed oh yeah you know oh, yeah. so i didn't yeah. i didn't adopt it and until i moved here and then when i moved here they had they literally had just gotten you know, cable internet here. So luckily that was an upgrade when I moved out here, but I had dial up right till 2001 because I was afraid you never want to go backwards. Right. No, <laughs> like, no, no, no. Oh, mm. if I had to It'd be like had, going back to VHS, <laughs> oh, it's fun to do, but you don't want to stay there. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's maybe uh fun to revisit, but yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Like Andrew, one of my listeners, he, he was on the Thanksgiving podcast and he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm revisiting VHS. I'm like, it's a visit. <laughs> like, yeah. I hope it's a short visit. Yeah. It's, well, I, I mean, I've put up some, I've, I've put DVDs in, in my mm -hmm. room and just that it's cause that's basically a glorified it's like a laser disc, right? It's a glorified VHS. It's a, it's the same lines of resolution as VHS. It's just supposed to be right. better. Right. Um, even that is just like, boy, it's yeah, just, I know. on a big screen. 
you know, 480 lines across the top, across the side. That's yeah. not very good. <laughs> no, not, no bueno. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, what was I going to say about, oh, what did you, so you said you started in 91 and you mm. were pretty much a two channel before that and mm-hmm. big time. What got you to get into this? this life because uh, this the home theater side of it just the the intrigue of it or were there movies or anything or did you just want you know two wasn't doing enough for you you needed more speakers <laughs> it, it was it was early on just being able to watch movies at home you know when blockbuster ruled the world and you could go you know on a friday night you didn't have to go out to the movie theater you could like the funny thing is i was uh, kind of skimming through the Golden Globes the other night, and I saw um, they gave the uh, Lifetime Achievement or whatever to Eddie Murphy. And I was yeah. thinking back, and I love that, um, oh, Trading Places. I love that yeah. movie, and I hadn't seen it in years. So now it's like you can stream it just about anywhere, but I remember watching that on VHS way back in the day. And yep. just uh, that, and like I said, you know, I bought that concert video, and that, you know, that was really cool. And then once they come out with Hi-Fi VCR, where you have the stereo left and right audio outputs, yeah, that's what really kind of pushed it forward for me. I'm like, I can hook this up to my stereo? Oh, man, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of married my two, you know, passions together, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, was, that was the start of it for me. Yeah. that's uh, For me, it was, I mean, I loved music. Uh, I loved the... Like I was into for music it, for me, it was like in the car. That was my sure. first real, like I had a record player as a kid. I had a tape mm-hmm. player, you know, with, with the speaker in it, you know, I, it sure. was blue. You push the play down at the top. You put your tape in, you close it. Um, <laughs> the thing was like the size of a lunchbox really. Yeah. And that Sony was my tape world, player. Yeah. And then I remember for a Christmas, for one Christmas, I got a, I got a record player and it was fairly fancy for like a 12 13 year old kid and you know had the speakers that you had to wire out to the side and stuff and i listened to i um i had um elvis gold that album okay Mm -hmm. uh let's see i ended up i had over the years i had thriller i had uh, a big springsteen fan listen to that almost every single day i listened to him um uh, the police and then when i got a car um that's when it kind of really took off and that's when i really got into all right i they had you could install tweeters in your car instead separate them from the main channel so i'd have six six by nines in the back or you'd have a nine inch on the floor and then you'd have your tweeter up high and I got into all of that learning about, you know, frequency response and what different speakers did. And it, cause it was just fun. I just liked the oh. tech, right? Oh, and yeah. it's like having a, having a head unit that had the equalizer would show and your, your graphic equalizer would go up and down while you're driving. Yeah, that's safe. Um, <laughs> so I, I just loved that stuff. Right. And then this oh, was yeah. when I was like 16 and then. Yeah. Like you said, it's like, it's funny you say that about the, you know, the hi-fi VCR and, and 
getting into the idea of bringing that into the room into what at the time was my bedroom was this kind of the same idea. Like all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I can have extra channels. And I've said it many times on the podcast, like my original theater, there was no separation. It was practically as far as I remember, it was probably a mono channel, but I was just piping sound all around the room. Sure. And I'd have four, four speakers around the room to simulate what it was like at a movie theater. And it's mm -hmm. like, there's no panning or anything. It was just like, right. everything was coming from all around you. <laughs> but like I said, it's like, you don't know what you don't know. And then as mm -hmm. things went on, you start to realize it's like, Hey, wait, what is, you know, the red and the white in the back? What does this mean on this VCR? Why doesn't my VCR have that? And Oh, mm -hmm. I can get stereo sound out of this. What does that mean on a video level? What does this mean? Um, what, what, what's a super video input and all that. And so by the time I was like 18 years old, I had, you know, my mind was flying and then I'm now I'm, you know, I'm splitting image, I'm splitting lines. I'm doing all this stuff, thinking about it in the middle of the night and getting up at, you know, two in the morning to revamp the back of my system. Cause I thought something might sound better or work better or something like that. And yeah, um, you're off and running. And it's, yeah, you're you know. preaching to the choir there, you know. I mean, I I bought my first stereo with my eighth grade graduation money. I was just turned fourteen, and you know, I just got into it. Now, I, I got to say that my I unfortunately lost my dad at a young age. He uh, I was only ten, but he was a big music guy. He had this ginormous Magnavox console stereo, and he loved that thing, and. Uh, um, he wound up going back to school, back to college, because he had to drop out when he was younger because of uh, some family health issues. But once he got back, and we had this big old house in Chicago, and in the living room sat this huge Magnavox console. And he actually um, slid when the doors open. There was a, a compartment in there. He dropped a reel-to-reel -reel tape deck in there. And then he dropped um, some wires down into the basement and put speakers up by his bar. So when you see my my bar area over there, that's kind of like me, you know, kind of paying honor to him in a way. Because yeah. that's how he was, and I think that's how where I got a lot of my early love from that, for that stuff. And uh, I installed car stereos. I had a 69 Buick LeSabre. The thing was a tank. And, I, you know, I put... I have, I think I have like seven or eight speakers spread around oh, yeah. this, this, this basically this boat. And I had the equalizer, like you said, and that's when uh, Pioneer Super Tuners ruled the world back yeah. then. So, you know, I, I've always, like you said, I'm always experimenting. You know, why don't I try the, you know, instead of the HDMI connection for audio, I'm going to try running it through a uh, link instead and see if there's any difference. It's just, you know, I'm experimenting with this stuff. That's how you learn. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's so funny. It goes back to that line from, um, oh, what the hell was the movie? It was Robin Williams, I think. Right. And he's, they're like, like, you just spent like a million dollars or whatever to, to see if like, I don't know, cow manure could do something. And he's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he goes, and I proved it can't. What's the problem? <laughs> so, right. Yeah. You know, and it's like, right. I've done more. I've failed at more things in home theater than I've succeeded, but I know what mm -hmm. works and what doesn't work. And mm -hmm. you know, it's like, you just have fun with it and like, Nope, that didn't work. And that's, and like I said, I was, when I was recording the other day, 
I don't know. It, the podcast might not even be out. It's not out yet, unless you heard the live version. But uh, talking about Mike Schramm and he's buying laser discs as decorations, and it, John and I were cracking up because it it like blows our minds because that was something we aspired to, and now we've been around long enough that these things are decorations to people. And and if you heard us, we were laughing. I don't mean that as a it's like, I'm not putting anybody down for buying them. I find that awesome. I find it. It's like fantastic that, cause I'm using them as decorations, but it's just like, there's just been so much has gone on in, in home theater. And now to have been around to have witnessed it all or most of it. Um, I don't even know, like, I gotta say that I've been around since the beginning. Cause I, I, I can't think of home theater. Obviously I wasn't there. But I think home theater before what I was around was, it was just a television. People right. people didn't envision coming up in the, growing up in the 70s and 80s. It's like the 70s were just television. Television was just taking off. Color was literally just becoming predominant, right? Because mm-hmm. even, right. you know, 60s, not everybody had a color television. No. So the next step in that evolution of, of home entertainment. I mean, before that it was the radio, right? They had the radio, then the television, then color television. And that was becoming predominant in the seventies. So the next step was into the eighties and like home theater wasn't even an idea until the eighties. So I feel Mm -hmm. like we were at the beginning of it at that point. And now to be here and how much has changed just in the last 20 years and how much the first 20 years pretty stagnant. You had, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you had uh, VHS and you had um, beta, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that was a format war that, you know, kind of went the same way as the Blu-ray did years later, um, mm-hmm. where uh, beta was actually better, and mm-hmm. but VHS won out. And I mm-hmm. felt the same way at the time with uh, HD, DVD, and Blu-ray. Um mm-hmm. But then it's like VHS and Laserdisc were pretty much it for the longest time until DVD mm-hmm. came along in like 97. Right. You know? I think zeros and ones pretty much changed the landscape on a lot of that. Once digital took over, so there's only so much you can do with analog, but digital is pretty much limitless as far as... You know, and cheaper. Um, comp- What's that? And cheaper. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a processor on, I think it's maybe storm audio or one of those really high-end process 32 channels it can do mm-hmm. i mean there's no obviously there's nothing out there that's encoded in 32 channels right now but just right. the mere fact that you can you can do that it's crazy that was unheard of not that long ago it's like oh, 32 yeah. channels is insane yeah well just just think of what i have i abject i'm mixing up the entire thing it's atmos or object-based object-based sound just that technology alone i think people are just realizing like what that means right Mm -hmm. and it's like when you wanted going to a two-channel system when you wanted to make the sound sound like it's coming from between the two channels Mm -hmm. you would balance right and then as a mixer if you wanted it to sound like it was gradually moving over to the left you would gradually turn the the right down. If you wanted right. to, you could boost the left, but it would, mm-hmm. you know, and that would pull your perception over to the left. 
So that the only way you could do that was by balancing out all of the channels. Now getting into a five, one mix or, or a multi-channel mix like that, you've got, it's a lot. It's not impossible. Christopher Nolan still loves to do it, but that's, that's how you move the sound around the room. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, like you said earlier, it's like a two channel system seated in the right spot. You can move those sounds all around the room just with a good two channel system. If you're seated in the right spot, the multi channels Mm -hmm. is for multiple people and you can make it seem like the sounds moving Mm -hmm. what object base is doing. And the idea is we're going to mix this in a mixing room, regardless of how many channels they're using. If they're even using it, they could literally just be watching the map on the screen, right? And then when you put that into your room, the codec on your end, the the processors, I should say, on your end is saying, okay, well, this sound is supposed to sound like it's going to come from here. Now, on your higher end one, if you've got 32 channels in that room, it's going to utilize all 32 channels to make that so precise that it's going to like, it could be a bee buzzing right next to your ear and they're going to use all 32 channels to pull your perception to that spot. If you only have, wow, 16 channels, it's going to do the exact same thing. And it's the processor on the other end can extrapolate out because of the processing. And that alone, that to me is fascinating. Right. And that oh, was, yeah. I remember when Atmos first came out before we had it in the home and reading about this and saying like, it was limitless was the idea, right. an unlimited amount of speakers. You can just, just keep adding them and the system will know mm-hmm. how to map that sound. And right. we're, I think we're just starting to see the reality of that because like you said, those higher end systems, they're coming out with 30, you have to have the processor that's going to be able to do that. Right. And you're seeing that with the Trinovs and Storm Audio and stuff like that. But that yeah. to me is is fascinating. And then getting to the my my dream that I've said on the podcast is like the next layer is the floor. You start yeah. putting speakers along the floor and it pulls your sound down because right now you don't have that. You have right. no way of pulling your sound down there. So mm-hmm. if we could start doing that, we already have the the codec. You just have to incorporate those speakers in. And I, I honestly, I don't think it would be that hard to do or even install. That'd probably be the easiest installation we've ever done. You just. Right. And if you think about it, you know, like I've got this big honking platform next to me, you could just do like maybe a four inch riser and put the speakers right in the riser. That way, like me, I'm, I'm on a concrete floor here in my basement. There's no way I'm getting speakers in the floor right. post construction. But if you did like a little four or six inch riser, just put them right in there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's all, all you need is something to just, to pull your perception. You mm-hmm. you know what I mean by that? Like, it's like, oh, it's yeah. not really there, but you're just like, like most, like how we perceive bass in our room. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like oh, yeah. people, you feel like the bass is moving around your room and it's the bass isn't, it's the right. higher frequencies are, you know, and those higher frequencies are like five fifty. 600 hertz right and they're like and 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 they're not up but it's like those you can locate and what you're doing is your brain saying wow that felt like it came from over there and it's like well Mm -hmm. no the actual what you felt came from you know everywhere one place but then your brain is just it's amazing how your brain does that stuff and and that's what i find fascinating about scenes too 
you watch a movie and it's like from beginning to end and let everything flow together and you perceive everything so much different than when you cut to one particular moment, you'd be like, wow, it felt a lot different when I saw it the first time. And you go back yeah, to it later and you're like, now you're localized to the, you, you're not in the moment like you were. And, mm-hmm. and it's a, you're, you're a little bit more like, oh, that sound sounds a little bit more to the center than it did before, but oh, well. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, even those things like the Dolby Atmos, the, uh, what is it? The leaf when it's spinning around the room, yeah. you know, that little, and the, uh, the other one that looks like that glass, that looks like it's a transformer and it's doing all that crazy yep. stuff with the atmos i mean that stuff is what a minute and a half long it's, it's like where is that coming from yeah you start looking around like man that can't be that can't be possible <laughs> yeah it, it's it's so cool it's so cool. It the is. trailers did back in the did, did you ever have a laser disc player i never had one no Mm-mm. oh it's like I missed the, out yeah the trailers on that is that was a big deal because vhs didn't have um vhs didn't have ac3 Right. So, which was, you it know, was ProLogic. They just yeah. had ProLogic. Mm-hmm. Um, but on those trailers that were EC3, uh, Dolby mm-hmm. did the, the early days of it, uh, Dolby Digital mm-hmm. and being able to get like, you know, the train coming in or the helicopter. They had like specific trailers when you started the movie. And as a matter of fact, I want to say Game of Thrones used to have the Atmos, they had the Atmos trailer in the mm-hmm. blu-ray i don't know if the 4k i haven't i haven't gone to the beginning but it's like whenever you put the disc in on the uh game of thrones blu-ray right so like mm-hmm. say a single disc will have like three episodes on it the mm-hmm. first time you put that disc in the it the trailer for dolby atmos would come up oh, I think that was the last time i've experienced <laughs> it like in my theater i've been like oh wow and i can't remember what it was like I don't know if it was a train or whatever, but that and the THX, oh, THX yeah. trailer, the, the boom, mm-hmm. and it's like oh, frequencies yeah. of that. And yeah. Uh, I, all of that stuff. I loved that stuff. Yeah. I can, I, I can kind of tell. <laughs> <laughs> the look on your face, man. It's just like, you know, you can't fake that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, why would you want to? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the ridicule we've taken over the years for being oh, the yeah. nerds we are. Why would I oh, fake yeah. this? <laughs> I wear my nerd hat, you know, proudly. Yep. I do now. I do now. There was, I mean, when you, when I was younger, it was like, yeah, uh-huh. It was like, eh. I mean, my friends growing up, my good friends, they, you know, they call me MacGyver. They call me, oh, DJ, have him come on. MacGyver, he can fix it. Don't worry about it. He can fix it. As long um, as he's got duct tape, he can fix it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> what? I love duct tape. My father, that yeah. was, we could fix anything. We had a hammer, a screwdriver, and duct tape. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah. And speaking of, you know, surrounding all that, I'm really, uh, a lot of uh, the streaming audio services are now doing what they're calling spatial audio, which is just, uh, I'm sure you're well aware of that. It's just yeah. a kind of another form of Atmos. So they're starting to get on board with that. Now, me personally, for something different, like I've got probably 35 um, music CDs that were recorded in 5.1, uh, like Super Audio CD or DVD Audio. Some of them are native 5.1. They're recorded that way onto a disc. 
but I'm seeing uh, a lot of the streaming services start really starting to adapt to that. And I like it for something different. Once in a while, throwing something where it kind of throws music all over the place. But for the most part, I, you know, I stick to my front too with that. But I think it's kind of cool that they uh, they're they're kind of adapting into that as well. On the just the strictly audio side is kind of cool. Yeah, I think. Well, I think that's the market is kind of. Uh, I wouldn't say demanding it, but just the idea. The kids, you want. I mean, a lot of people listening headphones, earbuds. Yeah. Uh, and if you can make it do some funky things in there, if you can, you know, spatial audio, give it a, a bigger stage, even though you've got earbuds in, um, you know, that's appealing to, to younger kids and stuff like that. Um, but speaking of, of spatial audio and I've experimented with like Apple in my theater and mm -hmm. iTunes and listening to some of the Atmos songs that they've, they have, uh, some of the spatial audio and listening in my theater and then going up now and listening on my two channel. Um, here's what, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but something that fascinates me is that for a long, long time, most of my life, I always thought two channel meant like, like when you listen to somebody and, and it, I don't mean this as an insult to audiophiles. I don't mean it as an insult in any, in any way, but I've always imagined that like, it sounds so lifelike, like the band or, or a song. Right. Mm -hmm. So to me in my head, which I am hyper realistic, that's the way I like to do my art. That's the way I like to, to look at things. It's like trying to recreate, be a human Xerox machine. Right. So when somebody says something sounds so lifelike, I imagine it's like the band is there in the room. So it would be like, you got the drums in the middle, you got your bass over here, you got your guitar player here, and you've got your lead singer in the middle, and that's the stage, and that's how it would sound. Mm -hmm. But as I'm listening to more and more stuff, like spatial audio and like the sounds are moving around the room. Like you said, the, the different mm -hmm. instruments are, are appearing like the drums are going buh -duh, buh -duh, buh -duh, around right. the room, which I always like, I find that awesome. I'm like, that's great. But right. that would be like the drummer ran around the room with the set. Right. Exactly. But that's not mm -hmm. what happens. I thought audio files would be like, that's wrong. It shouldn't do that. But what I'm finding out is, that's cool. Everybody likes that. And I didn't, I did not know that. I thought everything had to be in its place. From what I've seen from being on, you know, different social media groups and that there, again, there, there's, there's a lot of stuff in audio. Like you either have to like digital or you have to like analog. You're not allowed to, to like both. Right. So there is some of that as far as two channel two. I mean, just strictly, you know, audio file sense stuff. Me, personally, I listen to it for something different, like I said, once in a while. But um, So I have an open mind to it. And I think some of the mixes are really cool, and some of them are just maybe a little bit too aggressive for my taste. But it's cool. And there are guys that are, I'll just say, audio-centric that will they're just like, no. Music only comes from in front of you, and okay. it's, it's, it doesn't come from behind you. But I think as time's going on, more and more people are being like, okay, it's cool. Maybe it won't always be my first choice. I'm not going to listen to everything in Surround or 5.1 or 
or uh, spatial or however it's mixed, but for something different, why not? You know, so I always think it's it's very short-sighted to just say no without right. even giving something a chance that you just, based on what other people have said, you won't even try it, you know? And to me, that's that's why, you know? Why would you do that? Right, yeah, and and that's the thing to me. It's like I always, like, that's what I thought. I thought people would always just want it. Like the true audiophiles would think this. And then when spatial audio came out in Atmos, I was thinking, oh, okay, this would be good for concert videos and concert music because then you get the crowd behind you and maybe some echo from the, from the band, but Mm -hmm. then everything should be in front of you. And I'm not saying it should be, but I'm saying that's what the audiophiles would say. Whereas somebody Mm -hmm. like myself, I'm like, yeah, I love this. Like, um, like the doors when that was one of the uh, first spatial or atmos ones that riders on the storm and you can hear oh, yeah. thunder over with the rain coming and yeah. The thunder. And it, yeah i'm like now the first time i heard that i was like this is awesome but at the same mm-hmm. time my eyes are rolling going i know the audiophiles are gonna hate this <laughs> people are gonna hate this they're gonna they're gonna, this is the dumbest thing ever and i was so mm-hmm. happy to hear people say like that's a mate like it, it, there seemed to be very little pushback on it. Like everybody was like, this is great. This is fantastic. And I was like, Oh, pretty cool. Cause I, I in my experience, most audiophiles are like, no, that's too gimmicky and this and that. And it's like, I mean, I'm sure there's a line there, but it's, um, you know, I'm glad to see that people are, are like enjoying this stuff. And, and like you said, embracing for the most part, the, the, the evolution, I guess. Right, because if it wasn't for evolution, we'd still all be listening to our Victrolas, let's face it. You know, I mean it's just and that that's great. Like I said, I, I don't I just don't understand why some people feel like you need to choose a camp with audio stuff. You don't have to choose a camp. You can you can be in both or every right. camp. What's the difference? Well, you could prefer absolutely one over the other but to say Mm. flat out be like oh one's wrong and you should never do that or yeah you're Mm. right it's like i'm the same way i'm like that same with video same with home theater there's very little that i'd be like you shouldn't do that i mean unless it's flat out wrong but you know not the intent but even still if you like it it's yours do what you want. I mean, could you imagine watching that Hans Zimmer performance in Prague in stereo? No. You'd be missing out on so much. Right? Speaking of that, I mean, I thought I said it in the podcast when we were talking about it. I'm like, to, to John and Steve, I'm like, I feel like the people in the audience, like when I'm watching that at home in my theater, I feel like I'm getting a better experience than the poor people that are there witnessing it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Because right. are they getting the pans that we're getting? Are they getting the close shots? I mean, I'm, I'm sure they could see it on a jumbo screen or whatever on the projected right. screens. But are they getting the same bass response that we're getting? Are they get? And, and when I say the bass response, I mean like not just the bass drums. Because I've been, we've all been to concerts and open air concerts. And I actually just explained this to my son at uh, we were at the Winter Classic and they had some bass stuff going on there with their opening ceremony and stuff. And I was explaining to him, like, actually manipulating bass in a big place like Fenway Park is actually easier to do than it is in our small rooms. 
because oh, of the wavelengths sure. and stuff, right? And right. he's like, I'm like, that's why you can actually feel it. You just need the power. And it's just like, boom. And it's like, he's like, how are we feeling that? But he was thinking like, it was funny because he was mixing up the two ideologies. Like in your theater, you're like, you're trying to pressurize the room. You're trying to do this kind of stuff, right? So that you're keeping the frequency in there long mm-hmm. enough so that you can feel it, right? Well, he's like, how are we, t- how are we getting pressurized in Fenway? <laughs> And I'm like, you're not pressurizing Fenway, but you're Mm -hmm. getting the full pressure in one wavelength the way Mm -hmm. you should. Right. Right. But it's that I forget what my original point was when I, Oh, uh, I was talking about Hans Zimmer. Oh yeah. 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 So what I was thinking is the bass with Hans Zimmer. It's like, there's one thing of the drums, but then like the bass, the actual, like the boom, 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 you know, the bass player, it's like, Right. The way you're feeling that and experiencing that in your room, I can't imagine that being in that large auditorium like that, that you're feeling it the same way. I mean, it's a different experience, of course, oh, sure. but I, I just feel like the actual, I don't know, the immersion, the they're actually immersed it, the immersion. in it and yeah. we're thinking like, I've got a better immersion than they do, but that's yeah. how good it sounds, but it is. I know. I know. I can't. What's that? Uh, why so something is one of the tracks from Batman. Yeah. When I can't remember why, why so, so serious. Sa- yeah. Why so serious? Yeah. I mean, I'll just sit there and I mean, I could watch it a hundred times and never get tired of it. Yeah. I mean, and you know, so I showed that to my wife and again, we got Shawshanked on it because I'm like, you got to see this one part. Cause she, she was a violinist or is oh, a violinist. Wow. I guess once a okay. violinist, always violinist. Right. But, um, I, I was like, watch what they do. And in that scene, in that, that I think it's why so serious. It's the opening to, um, the dark night. And right. it's the, that the violinists going back and forth on mm-hmm. with the bow, but mm-hmm. it sounds like one constant, like, oh, one yeah. constant like a 30 foot long bow. <laughs> yeah. But they're going back and forth and the two of them doing it in unison to create mm-hmm. that sound that it's just that's that's the other part to me that's just absolutely fascinating it's like how do you how do you write that right like what is your the makeup of your mind like the to be able to compartmentalize everything and have all those instruments and be like to be writing something like that and then say this needs a little bit more of you know like this like I mean, I can obviously make an analogy to like, it's like making a sauce, right? And be like, it needs a little more of that. And you put a little more salt in it and you can taste it. But how do you know? I I suppose it's the exact same thing to somebody with that ear is because he knows like, I need a little bit more treble in here. What instrument should I pull from to be able to make this in this sound and this piece to make, but to be able to manipulate emotions with that many pieces of equipment from that many different artists because in each piece of equipment has an artist attached to it and to write mm-hmm. that and then compose it, well composing it is writing it right but then to mm-hmm. actually perform it and how did they rehearse how do they i mean I, i'm building a house i feel like that's easier <laughs> and i know it's easier yeah. i i just know it because i can do it <laughs> Right. Like, but you know what I mean? Think about that. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. and then to be talking to each of those people and being like, I need you to do it this way, a little bit more this way. And it's like, 
Ah. Did you see Hans on 60 Minutes last week? No, I saw, no, I didn't. Uh, see I've, if you can look, see if it's on streaming somewhere, if it's been, or even maybe on YouTube or something. It's amazing. He, he spent millions of dollars sampling people blowing through 16 foot long, like PVC pipes that eventually spread out. And yeah. It's funny when you're talking about um, the Batman score, when they were doing that long thing, he said, you know what made me think of that sound is thinking somebody pulling back on a bow, ready to shoot an arrow. Yeah. And that's in his mind what that would sound like if you played it on a violin. I thought, you know what? That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really cool. It is. Yeah. And it, it's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just like you said, just spending that kind of time, energy, money to, mm -hmm. to, I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know how it amazes me how you can do something like that. It's like, you know, I sit down, I sit down to do a drawing and I have like 128 colored pencils. I know which ones to use, when to use them, but to, ha but I'm in control of each pencil. He right. has to take and say this instrument by this person has to be performed this way. And then we all have to do it. And it'd be like, I can't, couldn't color with my both my hands at the same time how is he getting all these people to do i can't draw a stick figure so i right. know what you mean <laughs> it's 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 awesome it's just fascinating yeah, yeah. and then when you put it when you take that stuff and then you put it into a movie and then mm -hmm. you evoke these emotions out of people and then you know it's that's why i like watching that you know the han zimmer you know blu-ray and then it makes you want to go see those movies right and you're like all of a sudden you're like all right i gotta put that movie in now i gotta watch this again <laughs> right. or at least go to those scenes and like you yeah. know like the thin red line the the music in that and just oh yeah yeah it's insane it's so good i know i know it's yeah and it, it's funny because talking to people like yourself and johnny speakers and and reggie and being like these audiophiles that just like and like reggie was one no no you're an audiophile it's like i don't listen to two channel like you guys but i think in this hobby we all develop that ear mm -hmm. right to be able to hear the differences and things to be able to whether you realize it or not if you've been in this for any amount of time you i think you start to realize it when you go to your friends houses and they tell you oh this sounds no i know good i know bad i might not know best from worst but i know this from that you know and it's like and that's that's when you start to learn that all right maybe i do have an ear but then talking to people like talking to people like yourself i'm starting to be like okay well maybe i could be an audiophile but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I like I said, I I always say there's different levels. There's like the ground floor, and then there's the like the huge cost no object thing. But yeah, yeah I think to me, an audiophile isn't like a strict thing. It's more like if you if you have an appreciation for music, and um, you take you know at least a little bit of time and care and effort into getting your room to sound better then you know that to me it's like it's in that range of being an audiophile just caring about it and, and wanting to make it better as much as you can within the within the boundaries right. that you have set you know yeah i look at it like you said like music 
I I say sound. Mm-hmm. That would be like home theater. Like mm-hmm. music is an aspect of home theater, and it's mm-hmm. um, for me. And I, I've said this many times. It's like it's very difficult for me to sit down and just appreciate music because I have a hard time sitting down. And mm-hmm. music to me makes me want to do things. So sure. I'll like, get up and want to exercise or run or do something mm-hmm. or I'll, like I'll listen to music when I'm. I'm doing the lawn or snow blowing. I'll have my, you know, noise canceling on and just be out there. And apparently I sing louder than the snowblower. My wife told me, so you know. we had, uh, I got a funny story about that. We, um, like I said, we live in a rural part of Massachusetts. Very, very rural. There's farms all around us. And one of those farms has multiple horses. It's a pretty bad snowstorm, probably foot plus, and I'm out snow blowing the driveway and we have like over a hundred foot driveway to the road and I'm up by the house, uh, by the garage. So I'm probably over a hundred feet away from the road and we have a little dog. He's about 20 pounds. He's like a Yorkie, Yorkie terrier type thing. And, um, he's fearless apparently. So my wife's like, I come in from snow blowing and she goes, you missed it. And I was like, what did I miss? And I go, and how do you know I missed it? And she goes, it wouldn't shut up. I could hear you singing over the snowblower. And the only reason I was singing is because I thought nobody could hear me because right. of the snowblower. But apparently I'd gone to one end of the driveway and back. And now you're, you're in a storm. You got your hat on and everything's like, you know, so it's like a horse with blinders on. Well, apparently, while I was going the 100 feet back away from the road, a horse had come into our yard. And I said to her when I went in the house, I'm like, did did Stanley get away? Because I saw his footprints in the snow. It was fresh snow. And I'm like, but I didn't see him. And now he, I see him here in the house. And that's when she says, you missed it. The horse had come into the yard right by the road and my dog, Stanley, had run right up to the horse, right at its feet and was barking at the horse. And the horse didn't know what to do. And the horse is just looking down at this little 20 pound dog barking at it. And I'm like, and she was petrified because she's in the oh, doorway yeah. yelling, Stanley, get in the house. She was afraid the horse was just going to take its foot and go <laughs> squeeze yeah. my dog. No more she's Stanley. Like, All right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a big, big giant horse in our yard. <laughs> That I never saw because I'm singing away to like, you know, living on a prayer by Bon Jovi. I'm just like, that. And by the time I turned the snowblower around to go back towards the road, it was every, the whole ordeal was over. Right. But I'm like sure. singing away, having a blast. That's it. So, you know, I get in. That I would have been a great TikTok, man. Huh? <laughs> that would have been a great TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I could have been a star. <laughs> you could have been a star. Man. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, this is, I can see I can listen to music while I'm doing stuff too. Like I try and walk every day unless the weather is awful, which it kind of is today. You know, I'll put my earbuds in and stuff, but I can and regularly do just sit and listen to music. I know a lot of people just don't, and I get it. You know, it's it's. We've all become wired because of, you know, what we're doing right now of having apparatus at our fingers yeah. and we're always, you know, like looking, looking for our phones and that. So I think 
sitting and listening to music with no distractions has become more um more of a thing from the past i guess and i i honestly don't know if the uh the internet has uh at our fingertips has anything to do with that or not i think it it might and sometimes for me i have to turn my phone off because i'll be like listening to something i'll be like no no just put it down so you know that might have something to do with it too yeah yeah it's i what i find fascinating too though is somebody like myself my mind's been like this pre-internet right and it's like i grew up like this and it was concentrate sit down and concentrate and all the reviews my teachers ever gave me my parents but like smart kid if you could just buckle down and buckle down oh my god it's all coming back to me buckle down and concentrate you know and it was it was hard and i couldn't because before in i my mind was pre-internet internet like i was always searching looking for the next thing looking for the you know and it's like this was you know obviously long before add or anybody knew what that was and now you know my wife's a therapist she goes oh no yeah you you're on the spectrum kid look at you go <laughs> why well, yeah i and i think i i think what happened is is because of the internet and because of all this it allows people like myself to flourish a little bit more because there's stuff that we can do. It's like, I can, mm-hmm. we can handle stuff like this. And then people that like to concentrate, they, they are allowed, they can shut that stuff off if they want to. And they shut mm-hmm. it off and they do it. And it's like, and then you get the people in the middle that, you know, they could go one way or the other, but they just love their phones or they love this or that. And it's like, but there it, it's to be accepting in that mindset. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why getting back to, like you said, like there's never a perfect system because mm-hmm. it might be perfect for that person, but it might not be perfect for that person. Every system is to that person. And mm-hmm. I don't think even if you got e- even like Greg, if you ever had the perfect system, it'd only be perfect for a moment right. because then you've changed, you've heard something else and you're going to want to change something else or a technology. Like you said, technology is going to come along. That's going to make you go, wait, what I can do what, Right. <laughs> you, yeah. you know? So exactly. it's like, but that's, that to me is, I don't want a, per, I don't want an end game system. Then the right, hobby to me it, is over. <laughs> yeah. Cause then it takes the fun out of it. Yeah. In, in a way, you know, and I, you know, and, and to get back to what you're saying a minute ago, I'm like you too. I, I, my joke is I have the attention span of a gnat. I mean, yeah. my brain is constantly doing this. And I was, I'm, I'm older than you. I'm 63. And I was never diagnosed with any kind of ADD or anything Me like neither. that. <laughs> but when I, when I went, I read up on it a lot. I'm like, you know, it's like, here's 12 things. And I would have like nine of the 12 things. I'm like, right. and I'm like, so, well, it is what it is. You know, I've made it this far in my life and I've, I've, uh, managed to, to get through it, but yeah, I have a hard time focusing too. And to me, sometimes I actually have to like, cause I enjoy it so much to me. It's like listening to music with nothing else to me is I call it my decompression chamber. I just sit here and shut everything off. I don't have to think about, Oh, I'm, I'm retired now. So that helps too. I don't have to think about what I got to do at work tomorrow and yeah. things like that. So that does help. And it just, it's just re- very relaxing to me. I once in a while, like I said, I'll still, you know, put on some Black Sabbath or something and just kind of go crazy. But for the most part, it's just kind of like sit down and just kind of chill out for a while and kind of like bring everything down a level. <laughs> yeah. 
That's, I mean, that's what I do with my theater. And it's like yeah. some, there are times and, and I, I like how you put that. It's like, you know, your decompression, your this and that. And it's like, I'll have stuff that, you know, it just puts you in a bad mood, like work, put you in a bad mood or something. And then you're mm. not, a, and, and like, you're not in the mood to go into your theater. You don't want to do it. But then mm. there's the, even as angry as I get, it's like, I'll be like, just do it. Just go because mm. I know how I'm going to feel on the other side and I'll go mm. into my theater and I'll watch a movie or, a, and that's why I'll go to like, that's why I watch like a, a star Wars so many times. Cause I know, I know the outcome of me sitting down and watching that familiar piece and sitting there and just enjoying it. And Hey, wow. I never heard that before in this 40 something year old movie. And then right. you come out of there in a, such a better mood. And be like, oh yeah. oh yeah, you know, like I yeah. mean, you were even quoting Arnold in your video, your YouTube video, not quoting him, you doing his voice, yeah. but you're know, like, it's that familiarity that you're just like, oh, that's just nice. You, you open the door and you come back out into the sunlight out of my theater and be like, all right, I'm in a better mood now, you know. Right. And it's you need to decompress, especially like you said, if you're like us and our minds are just going a million miles in a direction, but then. I, I, I don't know. Do you have the ability? Obviously you do. If you're, you like, you're like to sit down and listen to music, but as much as my mind goes everywhere, when I get focused on something, look out because then it's like, okay. And my wife knows this, like, like right now we're building the house. And that's why I said in the podcast the other day, if it wasn't for John and Steve being able to to have their content at the ready week after week. I don't know if this podcast would make it through the year because right now my mind is so focused on building a house. It's like 24 sure. seven. I'm like, what can I do here? And, and, and that includes the theater. I'm like, all right, well, I've changed the designs on that like a million times in my head, but it's like, <laughs> I'm like hyper-focused on something that it would be very difficult to run a podcast by myself sure. and just be like, and to put out good content each week. Cause I'd be like, all I do is talk about the house, but because of them, right. they're going to watch enough stuff and they'll do stuff and we'll have great conversations and talking to people like yourself every week. It allows me to just, okay, my mind is still elsewhere, but I can sit down and, and break away for a couple hours and just do this and still yeah, be able to keep the podcast going so that when the house is done, let's go. Uh, here's my new room and we'll have some fun and I'll have Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Oh, me too. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I, um, I can focus, but even that is very difficult. You, like I said, I think you just said you could get hyper-focused on things and me, not so much, you know, I just, um, like even, I've even found, I've never been an avid reader in my whole life. And, um, even if I, I have to be super, super intrigued by something for my mind not to be doing this while I'm right. turning the pages, you know, so. Yes. I'm like you know, that as far as, and, too. And I, I love coming down here and watching movies, too. And as much as I enjoy, like, uh, the hyperactive, sound-based picture, like, uh, the um, you know, those type of movies that have a lot of action and a lot of, uh, you know, sound coming from all over the place and all that, sometimes I'll just, like, like I love the movie uh, The Green Book because I love human-like interest story type movies that are maybe you know and i know they take some liberties with the scripts and all that i get that but to me it's almost like 
I can actually appreciate the human interest between human interaction movies sometimes more than somebody shooting somebody else with a laser beam. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) I love how you went like, you went like 180 degrees, like complete opposite from reality. You're like somebody shooting somebody with a laser, not just a gun, a laser beam. (laughs) That's so great. Cause it, it like it, it emphasizes your, your point. Right. And it's like, you want that, that, that reality base. And I like that too. And I I love, like, we talk about that in in the podcast, but I love, I love my room going boom. That's, Mm -hmm. that's my foundation. That's me as a, as a tech guy and in my theater. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the same time you throw on like a, a psycho Casablanca or a, you know, Lawrence of Arabia and some of these Mm -hmm. classics and be able Mm -hmm. to experience these movies the way they should be that mm-hmm. probably hasn't been seen by anybody, you know, by the masses in decades and right. to be able to reproduce that in, in, in it, it, for me, especially for a lot of these movies that were before my time, it's, it's kind of like awe inspiring. Like mm-hmm. I'm at the age now that I'm like, wow, I, I can really appreciate this stuff because just, just sit there and, and, and marvel at it. And be like, wow, look at what they're doing for us. And like bridge on bridge on the river Kwai. And mm-hmm. I remember my dad, that was another movie. Again, there's a lot of, you know, father stuff. You mentioned your dad. It's like, mm-hmm. we're influenced so much by our dads. And All right. he sat me down one. And he's like, this is a good movie. And I, mm-hmm. I was like 10. And sure. I'm like, okay. I took his word for yeah. it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. didn't know a good movie from a bad movie. I didn't know it. It wasn't in cartoons. So, all right. I'll watch this with your dad. And I I remember the whistle, you know, the, it's like, I I was amazed by that. Just like, he thought it was good. So I did. And now to be able to see that, you know, Mm -hmm. remastered and be like, I gotta, you know, he's going to be living with me when we build this house. And that's one of the first movies when he's living, they're like, come on, dad, come on downstairs. We're going to go watch bridge on the river Kwai. And I know he hasn't seen it probably since he sat down with me that day. <laughs> right. And to yeah, be able more to than see that it, right? on that scale, I think it's it's just gonna be a lot of fun, you know? And yeah, but it is fun for me now to just to experience this stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like you said, it's all about the experience. And you know, you can be sitting down there by yourself or with you and your wife or you and your family, and it's it's always just like it's just such a great thing to have. I mean, um I've been to a movie theater maybe three times in the last five years. I don't know. It's just, I mean, I just enjoy being here. I don't have to worry about people on their cell phones or, you know, people being obnoxious on public, which I'm sorry is more prevalent these days. Yeah. I'm going on an old man rant here, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It's, Get off my grass. Yeah. <laughs> that was, <laughs> speaking of that, I think that was the last. The last movie my dad and I went to was um uh Clint Eastwood. The Oh and he was the old man and he used that line. He's like, get off my lawn. And it was um, Yeah, it was uh, uh it was a car. something about a Ford, wasn't it? El Camino. It? Was it not El, El Camino? Camino. Yeah, was yeah. it El Camino? Yeah, and he was I think Yeah, was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I love that movie. I did too. I did yeah. too. And he I, that was one that if we watch a movie, obviously it was on, 
I've asked them a million times when I was a kid, can we go do this? Can we go to the movies? And so like, if we watched a movie, it's cause he went like, let's go to the movies. So he called me up one, you know, whenever that came out, I don't know, early two thousands. And he's like, you want to go see it? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, let's go. So yeah, that was the last time we went to the movies together. Wow. Isn't that something? Yeah. What a coincidence. Or was it Gran Torino? Gran Torino, not El Camino. You're right. Gran yeah, you Torino. were close. I knew it was a car. <laughs> and I was like, Gran Torino, El Camino? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, yeah, exactly. as, as listeners are listening to this, they're like, no, it's Gran Torino. So you, you yeah. just saved us. Because <laughs> I'd be getting a ton yeah, of I think we would add a few uh, comments on that one. Yeah, exactly. And be like, oh, okay, <laughs> now. And I'll probably get that, too. Because I've done that to people. Like, I'll email somebody. Like, I'll email Ara. And be, or text Ara now and be like, Ara, and you forget it's recording. Be like, Ara, it's such as, oh yeah, all right, now Braden just said it. Okay, never mind. <laughs> take take back what I just texted you. <laughs> exactly, right? So oh, I get Lord. emails like that. That's cool. Yeah, we all that's do. Funny. Yeah, Gran Torino. So I knew yeah. El Camino didn't sound right, but I knew it was a, yeah. it was close. But yeah, yeah that was are... the last one. But that was, he did that wow. in the movie, didn't he? He ran out and he's like, get out of my yeah. yard. He, like, he was a grumpy old dude, let's face it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he plays a good grumpy old dude. <laughs> he does. <laughs> oh. It's so, my buddy, my buddy, his, um, my best friend, his dad looks just like Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood? Yeah. yeah. Looks just like him. And he grew up, uh, he was a boxer, trained boxers, trained, he was a, he was an athlete, um, really strong, tough guy used to do arm wrestling competitions and stuff. Right. So he's, but he's strong, silent type, just like a Mm. Clint Eastwood character would be. Right. So everybody's like, "Hmm." he's, everybody's afraid of him, including my buddy. It's like his dad. Now my buddy is a second degree now he sees a second or third degree black belt in jujitsu has his own gym and everything the one person he won't fight he's like my dad i'm like buddy your your dad's like 75 years old now i'm pretty sure i could take him but it's that father-son thing you you never you can't and i i would never fight his dad because i'm just as afraid of him because it's that (laughs) but he is you like I said, he looks just like Clint Eastwood. You'd be petrified. He, he still, he's building a stone wall right now. I drive by his house. They live right down the street from me. I drive by the house. He's working on a stone wall. He's probably, is he 75? Yeah, he's 75. He's going to be 76 this year. Wow. And, uh, but he's like, he's just a big cuddly bear. <laughs> he's the nicest but you still guy. don't want to fight a big cuddly bear. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, I mean, he has a giant garden. He comes over and drops me off bags of, of you know fruits and vegetables and stuff he's just this big cuddly but if you looked at him and everybody that doesn't know him is petrified of him (laughs) he looks like clint eastwood (laughs) and he's and he is like he is strong and he's big but he's like he's a big cuddly bear great guy but he looks just like clint eastwood so yeah one more quick thing about clint when on one of my trips to california i was actually in carmel by the sea that he was the mayor of that town at one point that was really cool to see and i'm like Hey, where's Clint? Everybody's like, yeah, you're the first person that's asked us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I thought I'd be original. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love Cleveswood. I just yeah. watched Firefox recently. I rented it on Kaleidoscape. Didn't hold up well. I no? like Clint, but the movie just, 
Um, I think it needs to, I don't know if it deserves to be remastered, but it, it looked pretty shaky. It was in 1080. It was in high def, but it was, it looked pretty shaky, but yeah, I, one of my more, probably my favorite re recent movie, because it, to me, it was like, had a little bit of both of action and, uh, a good story was, um, Ford versus Ferrari. I really liked that movie a lot. Oh yeah. That's, that's a great movie. That's a great movie. That's, I mean, it's got great action sequences, like the racing sequences in that. Mm -hmm. But then, oh, yeah. like you said, the movie itself is just, just fantastic. It's yeah, it's one of my favorites. Oh. Um, what was the other the driving movie with Chris Hemsworth? Um, that was yeah, um, this is the true story, like Ford v Ferrari. Uh and it I was in the, think of it. it was in the small you know the one I'm talking about though, right? And it was in yeah. the smaller cars. It wasn't driven, wasn't drive. Um again, the listeners are going crazy. Um <laughs> I'm sure they'll tell us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh I loved that movie too. Mm -hmm. I thought that one was really good and uh Nick Nikki was one of the characters' names. Oh my god. Yeah, anyway. You know, I did see that movie once, but I don't remember it super clearly yeah. but i do remember seeing it yeah i love that movie that movie's really good i like racing movies period mm -hmm. um well speaking of racing and all that um you know i grew up in chicago and if somebody held a gun in my head and said what's your favorite movie of all time i might have to say the blues brothers because i lived there when that movie was filmed and i saw part of that chase scene oh really or when all those cars were being wrecked Oh, wow. I didn't see the part where they wrecked, but I saw those cars flying down the yep. street, and I'm like, "What's up? What's going on?" And somebody said they're filming a movie, and I actually got over by the Daily Plaza when they pulled up, and all the cops were out there chasing them into that office building. I kind of saw, I was on the outskirts, but I yeah. saw that happening too, and I just, I thought, I th to me, that movie is extremely entertaining. You know, it's oh, goofy. Yeah. But that car chase, I mean, jeez. Oh, yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And plus, it, and plus, all the I love blues music, and they got all the old blues players in there doing their little things like uh, Ray Charles and Aretha, and, you know, just that band is so good. I love that movie. Oh, yeah. Now, when you saw it, obviously you hadn't seen the movie yet because they're making it, right? Right, right. So you're yeah. seeing it not knowing what this is going to be, and that, to me, is some of the more fascinating things about movie making is when you get to see clips and stuff ahead, like long before the movie. Mm -hmm. And we went through a lot of this with the Batman. There was a lot of leaked footage of the Batman. Oh, and then, okay. and then when the movie came and people were like, Oh, this looks awful and stuff. But like getting back to the blues brothers, like you didn't know what you were seeing. You just knew mm -hmm. like, this is weird. This shouldn't be going on on an everyday street. Right. But then when you see it in the movie, were you able to pick out the parts and know exactly what you saw and where you saw it? Like, I think some of it might have been edited out, but the the Daily Plaza scene, I remember for right. sure. I know that because then just the logistics of them getting all that equipment and all those extras onto that parcel of land out there was, was quite an undertaking, and it took them a took them a little while to get to get all that put together but yeah i do remember it for sure and i um i had another friend that actually was down 
this the part i don't know if you remember the part where the guy's outside playing and all those people are dancing around not the ray charles one but the other guy who uh john lee hooker i think it was that was on a street called maxwell street and uh a guy that I worked with said he saw part of that being filmed, too. I missed that, unfortunately, but that was just really cool. You know, it's just like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, it, I want to be there. I was in the vicinity. Do you remember the movie Blown Away? Yeah, yeah. With uh, Jeff really Bridges, well. and um, it's Blown Away. With It is from 90, it's got to be like 90. 394 something like that i'll be honest with you vaguely but i do remember tommy lee jones and jeff bridges and jeff bridges plays um a boston uh bomb expert works for boston bomb squad okay and tommy lee jones is come they're they're both irish immigrants um but they come over uh i want to say jeff bridges it's was his father actually was in the movie as well played his father i think um but anyways they filmed a lot of that in boston and there was a couple of explosions in boston too they blew up a barge or something like that and i was in the vicinity (laughs) of it and i i honestly don't remember the explosion because i when i say i was in the vicinity of it i was probably outside of boston but at the time i remember reading in the paper that they did it and then that triggered my memory like oh yeah i thought i heard something weird that day and was like what the heck was that right and mm-hmm. it was it was one of those things so i don't like i was far enough away from this explosion that i heard something that was out of the ordinary for you if you're driving down the road in a, you know in a suburb of boston but when you read it in the paper <laughs> That are like, oh no, it shattered windows in places. It's like this big explosion of something that happened. And wow. Yeah. They did I'll have to it. rewatch that. I haven't seen that in a long time. I love time. that movie. I it's yeah. I have that on Laserdisc. Uh do I have the Blu-ray? I don't even know if there is a Blu-ray. I know I have most of the copies. It's a Boston. They filmed a lot of it in Boston. Um and they were around the city. It was in the newspapers and stuff, and this was all pre internet, so but sure. That was a pretty good movie. I should check that yeah. out. See if they have that on. I think my probably my favorite Boston-based movie was The Departed. I love that movie oh, too. Yeah, that's such a good movie. That's insane. It is. Yeah. It's really good. Um, The Town. I like The Town as well. I don't think I've ever seen that. Oh, Ben Affleck. Uh, there's uh boss a bank um uh, armored car robberies. Is what they do. Uh, now I have to see it. And uh the town, okay. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that yet. Yeah. And uh from and they're in like from Somerville and blah 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 blah. And it's like it's like based in reality. And I, I've said this on the podcast before. It's like I know a guy that actually went to jail for that. I used to work with him. And this was before the movie came out. And then oh, when the really? Movie, yeah. Oh yeah. This was before the movie came out long before the movie came out because the movie just came out what the town came out probably within the last 10 15 years Um, i worked at this factory in framingham ice cream factory and this guy worked with us and one day i'm driving home from work i was third shift he was first shift uh the guy i'm talking about and i'm driving home and i had to call my boss because i heard on the radio that they had arrested these people and they tagged them and they got him at a dunkin donuts and um (laughs) <laughs> it was years, like 
four years, four or five years after the armored car robbery, they had killed the drivers and taken the money. And this wow. guy was working with us, but he was like just a quiet guy, blah, blah, blah. But, and he was from Southie and from, or Somerville actually. And that's what like, so then when the town came out, I was like, oh my God, they're doing all the stereotypes of these people in this town. And they say it, they literally say it in the movie. Like if you're from this town, blah, 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 blah. And you're going to be like, you're, you're probably going to be in a bank heist or something like that, or an armored car robbery. And I was like, oh my God. And like, I didn't grow up there, but I knew somebody that did. And he's in jail for that. I was like, what the hell? (laughs) Welcome to Boston. Yeah. Yeah, they hit Fen. They use Fenway in the movie. They use it for it, it's. Check that if, especially if you like The Departed. If you haven't, oh seen yeah, The Town. The town. Okay, yeah, yeah, I gotta got, look at that. Yeah, The Departed is a little more, uh, you know, more gangster. More that's mm-hmm. supposed to be like, isn't that supposed to be like a loosely told version of Whitey Bulger and all that? I think I think you're right. I yeah. think Nicholson's yeah, yeah. supposed to be Bulger in that. And yeah, that seems like it would be sure. Yeah. And that, that's a really good, I haven't seen that one in a, either of those movies. I haven't seen in a while in my theater and they're both, they're both great theater movies. Uh, and those all came out after heat and Heat's, yeah. heat's another one, but those, yeah. those like heat set the bar, I think. And then these all raised the level, like the town's more of an action departed's closer to what the drama of heat is. Uh, okay. but departed has the action too but the story in it is just it's a devastating devastating movie oh yeah it is and the funny thing is talking about geeking out when um i forget who's got the macintosh stereo system set up and his girlfriend is listening to his transcripts and he, i'm seeing this big stack of macintosh oh, stuff i'm like look at that i know <laughs> <laughs> it's like i know how much that is Ah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. It's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. The, as a matter of fact, that guy that I, I knew, he used to brag about his system. He lived, he li- and he told us he had that. He didn't tell us what he had for a system, but he said he had like a twenty twenty five thousand $25,000 stereo system. And back in the early nineties, that was big yeah. money. Right. Yeah. And we're like, well, what do you live? And he goes, oh, I got this little house, but you know, he, like he's everything. He was kept quiet. He's like, I gotta keep the shades drawn. I don't want people to know what I have. And then you find out why, because he's like buying everything cash that he killed people for. Yeah, like, I oh. guess you would call that a shady character, wouldn't you? He was a, and again, he was the nicest guy. It, you, you wouldn't have known it. And it, it, that's the thing. It's like, we were all shocked and it's like, sure. wow. You're like, you know, but yeah, he, what are you doing working in a factory? You got all, right. you had millions of dollars, but it was in cash. So you can't just live like that. Right. You have to have a right. job and. He was trying to lay low, but apparently we find out after the fact that that's how they do things. Like they knew and they put their pieces together and then they got, I think there were three of them and they, they nailed all three of them on a, you know, morning commute thing. And they knew exactly where they would be, your habits and everything. And they just, he went into a Dunkin' Donuts and came out in handcuffs. They were there. They had the whole place. They, they knew what they were doing. He went in and they just hit him. And that's like, that's something. Oh never saw God. him again. <laughs> I suppose I could go visit him. <laughs> I don't think you should. I'm no, just I'm not say. going to. I don't I don't, honestly, I don't even remember his name. I know guys <laughs> I used to work with, they always remember it. I'm not good with stuff like that. They'll be like, yeah, I'm like, neither. what's his name? I'm like, and they all remember. They're like, how do you not remember that? I'm like, I remember him. 
I just don't know right. the name. I'm bad with names too. Trust oh. me, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. No. I was when I was talking to Steve the other day. I said the the charity we were doing, and like I said it at the beginning, and Steve's like at the end. I was like, oh, what was the name of that charity that we're doing? And then mm. Steve's like, he goes Scholastic Sports Zone Foundation. I was like. How the hell did you remember that? I just told you. I've been reading about it all week. I can't remember it. And I he's know. like, hey, I have a horrible, horrible memory. But I think that I'm has to actually, do with the bouncing around thing. I'm envious of people who can remember things because I can't. I know. I know. That's where my fo- my smartphone comes in handy. Right. Like, <laughs> if I don't, If I remember it, it means I remembered to write it down somewhere and I know where to find it. Other than that, not very good. The worst thing was when I was, I'd be working on a, on a telephone pole in the middle of winter and I'd have my tool belt on, but I'd also have my winter coat with pockets all. And I have a habit of, instead of putting things back in my tool belt, I put it in my pocket and then I'd have to try and search through all my pockets <laughs> to figure out which one I put that tool in uh, when it should have gone in the tool belt that's back, like yep. right in front of me. Nope. Nope. Creature of habit. That's what I got to be. I have to put everything back exactly where it goes. Otherwise I'll never find it. Cause I can't. Oh my God. I wish I was like that. That's, that's how I have to be. That's how I am. So I got you. Yeah. So, all right, let's uh, wrap up with where do you Greg go from here? What are you looking forward to the most? I think I have an idea, but we haven't even touched on it here tonight, today. Um, where do you go in your home theater journey from here? Because you, as people have seen, you have a pretty spectacular home theater. You know, I'm really pretty darn satisfied, especially with the audio. I cannot see myself doing anything between the processor, the amps, the speakers and everything that controls all that stuff and all the connectors and all that. But I, I am obviously much more into the audio part than the video part. And I personally, when I see my projector, my ultra short throw, little P1, I, I think it's the same one that Ira said he has. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with it. I'm trying to avoid going and looking at like one of those JVCs. That's my calibrated. That's a true 4K. Yeah. Because, you know, that's getting into the, like the stratosphere of expenditures as far as I'm concerned. Right. So if the right price comes along and I could get a decent deal on something that's a true 4K, like a, a JVC and get it calibrated, to me, that would be like, that would be great. But I'm kind of standing pat right now. So other than that, I, I don't really have anything I'm looking at. Right. That's what I thought you would say. The, the, the picture, because you said that in your, in your video in that you, right now you're running the 4k as you said yeah and it's mm-hmm. like, but you're happy with it and it, it, it i am it, it, and a lot of that ha- i mean if you're happy and you, like you said you're more to the audio side anyways so you're mm-hmm. getting fully immersed into your content anyways right um but like you said now let me ask you this i kind of had a feeling this was the way it was going to go so i wanted to ask you like are you actively trying not to see a better image so that you don't go like because that's the slippery slope right like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you'll see something and be like oh god i gotta have that so are you actively avoiding it or 
are you waiting on pricing? Uh, more so waiting on pricing to see, you know, maybe what the end of this year brings. Um, there's not a lot of um, stores around me that would have a true 4K JVC set up and calibrated in their room. So I don't really have to actively so much of yeah. what it is because the showrooms around here that I've seen, um, there might be, actually, I think, now that I think of it, there is one that's probably within 15 miles of me that probably does. So that one I'm actively avoiding. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm just afraid of going in there and my jaw hitting the floor, and then I start calling my uh, the guy who's uh, taking care of my retirement fund, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And you know, it's not I, so I always try anymore be, after you see that. Yeah, <laughs> I try and be prudent with it, especially with the way the market's been kind of crazy lately. Right. So, you know, so maybe someday, but you know, like I said, with me leaning more towards audio and doing actually more audio and stereo listening here, like I said, it's probably sixty forty audio to video. So, um, yeah, maybe someday, and if I do, you'll be the first to know. No. <laughs> No, I, I, I agree. I, I'm the same way right now. Uh, I'm actually, you're running a JVC, aren't you? Am I into JVC? I have, a I, I mean, what's your, what's your projector? I'm sorry. I didn't My projector's a Sony. I have the, okay. I have the, um, it's a 4k. It's the, okay. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second, maybe their second iteration of a true 4k, the okay. 295. I think there was one before it. Okay. That was true 4k at that price oh. range, but it's the entry level sony's entry level 4k at that, that year but that's mm -hmm. now three generations ago now they since then they've had the 395 and now they have the what do they call it the five five thousand or whatever um and then they have a six so but now they have the laser projectors uh, right which i'm not a hundred percent on board with i'm not opposed to them but Mm -hmm. if I, what i'm thinking is i'm wondering where we're going to be a year from now when i actually do need a projector mm -hmm. um my feelings are i'm kind of hoping that the market has dictated in a way like i think there's there's a lot of people that aren't crazy about lasers like mm -hmm. um lasers are great don't get me wrong but like for somebody like in your situation if you wanted to upgrade you could go and like upgrade from the projector you have and go to say you could find like a, 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 a Sony 295 like mine or a JVC from that same year that's bulb based, mm -hmm. throw a new bulb in it, and the thing's mm -hmm. like a brand new projector again, right? Right, it's, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be whereas if you bought that, if that was a laser projector that was like seven years old, mm -hmm. you're gonna live right. in, you're living with the lifespan of, of maybe a, a few years on that laser. And then if it goes, you're like, what do I do now? Whereas you just keep right. changing bulbs. So I kind of like that, but sure. But for myself, I'm pretty sure that if I bought a laser projector next year, I'm going to get my life out of that laser, right? I'll probably be sure. upgrading before that laser dies. So I'm not opposed to it, but I do mm. like the idea of the, you know, being able to buy a used projector or something and throwing a good bulb in it and, mm. you know, buying a high quality piece of material you know, a used piece. And that's how mm. I used to do my stuff in the past. It's like, I'd buy, you know, tech from years ago that was $20,000, but now because of the new tech, that same piece that I couldn't afford is now affordable. Mm. 
mm-hmm. even though because such great tech has come out that has kind of gone away because the market has been that one that way you know in a way right it's just like everything's yeah. gotten so much cheaper yeah um, exactly. so uh, yeah i i i'm i'm kind of in the same boat when i i i want to go to some of these places like i have a specific place that's been open since i started home theater back in the 80s they've been around a long time there it's in it's a place in framingham and you can go and test stuff out and i haven't oh, wow. been there in years and part of that reason is like you said it's like what if i hear something and I'm, like, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna it's gonna make me want to buy something so sure. or if i see something you know i'll be like oh yeah. i gotta try that out so do you know what the dimensions of your new room are gonna be at i am going for 14 feet wide i'm trying minimum 14 feet wide uh mm-hmm. 18 feet long with an eight plus foot ceiling okay because i'm doing a nine foot foundation okay but i want to make sure but that doesn't mean i'll have a nine foot ceiling because i want the room within a room so you've got to build that room within that room right right um i'm hoping for a 130 inch screen 130 okay 130 16 by 9 screen Mm-hmm. And that'll leave enough room on either side for the speakers and mm-hmm. then a center channel underneath, um, and you know, false walls, front and rear. Okay. Um, I'm hoping to be able to put, uh, subs in each corner wow, behind nice. the false walls. So you won't see any, I love that. And my other thing is one of the, th- like, like I like your speakers one of the things I like to do that I'm thinking of is, and this is purely just for fun and just nerding out. Right. So when you walk in the room, there's nothing. It just looks right. like a theater, like a movie theater and you got your seats and your walls are flat and everything's behind something. Mm-hmm. But then you hit a button on the remote and the heart, the, you know, the, um, the hue lights all change and there's a hue light behind each speaker. And now all mm-hmm. of a sudden, like you take like a speaker like yours with that nice wood finish and everything, and you light it right and through the speaker cloth, you'd be able, Ooh, look at that. And then you'd be able to see like those nice speakers and then all the rear channels and everything. I'd be like, so are you thinking about going acoustically transparent and putting your speakers behind the screen? No, no, okay. I won't go. No. Cause they'll be off to the side. I don't, I don't okay. want to do acoustically transparent. Um, okay. I want to avoid that. Okay. Uh, I'm not not a huge fan of it um okay i'm yeah. not again i'm not opposed yeah. to it right. but if i can avoid it i would prefer mm. to avoid it and that that's as a matter of fact that's my advice to anybody it's like if you have to do it then do it but that's a compromise right mm-hmm. it's like we're you're paying all this money for you know foot lamberts and you know you're trying to get the brightest image that you can but then you're going to put up a screen that allows the light to go through it like what right. the heck is that and then that's gonna that even the best ones they distort the image ever so slightly but the more you mm-hmm. pay the less distortion you get but it's still not as good as just a flat screen so right it's a compromise i get it and it's like mm-hmm. i've talked to screen people and they're like whoa, whoa but it's not that much and i'm like well and then you, putting your sound back there is a compromise on the sound as well i so, think so too yeah, yeah. 
So I'm like, what? I would rather just not do that and build my room so I can have the speakers on either side. But then people are like, yeah, but now you're compromising because your center channel is going to be low. Yeah, I know. That's a compromise. It doesn't bother me. I've, I'm doing it right now. And it's like, I, I, when I'm watching a movie, it sounds like the voices are coming from their lips. It's like, strange. Sure. You know, yeah. So, uh, you know, that's a compromise. So right. I, it's, it's both ways, but that's the one that I want. And it's like, I like mm-hmm. knowing that my image is my image and that's as good as it's ever going to be. And you know, if I went the other way, I'd be like, hmm, but could I be better? I'm like, no locked in on that. So I know what screen I want. I'm not a hundred percent sure on the projector. I'm going to, uh, mm-hmm. I'll test out different projectors for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sounds like a good plan. One last question, floor standards or bookshelves up front? Originally, because of the size of the room, I was probably, I'm leaning towards bookshelves because that's all I need, right? Is that's mm-hmm. all, you don't need to have the floor standing. Right. Um, but I do like the idea, especially now with this room and what I'm seeing in my head, it's like, I'm thinking nice set of floor standards on either side um lit the right way when those lights come will look fantastic i Mm -hmm. don't think um what i'm interested in and maybe you can answer this is what are the benefits is there a sonic benefit is there a difference in the fidelity when you do go to a floor standing like even though say i'm still crossing it over at 80 hertz is there going to be a difference in the mids or is there going to be, do you get more out of that than you would out of say the exact, like the exact same speaker just in a bookshelf now? Um, what am I, I'm going to try both, but I'm just wondering, you know, what your opinion is. Well, in my case, my speakers will go down to 40 Hertz in the room. No problem. So that's where I have mine crossed over at. But if you're going to go with 80, no matter what, then you could probably be fine with with absolutely fine doing a bookshelf. The only the only thing I would say is sometimes floor standards, and this isn't a rule, but tend to have better bracing so they're less prone to resonance than a bookshelf mm-hmm. is. But again, that's not a hard and fast rule. So that's something I would I would take into consideration is I think one of the reasons that I like my speakers so much is like I said, if you go like that on them, it feels like you're hitting a rock. They right. don't resonate at all, and I really do think that helps with the sound quality. But um, so yeah, I would, I would, um, whichever line, like I say, if you're thinking about going with that SVS, I would always ask them that because I know that they're extremely helpful there. Oh yeah, that's who you end up going. But whatever manufacturer, like the ones that I bought before I bought them, I emailed um, Definitive, or I'm sorry, Aerial Acoustics, and asked them a few questions about it. And the guy who designed the speakers got back to me. <laughs> Oh, yeah. you know so it's like well i guess he would know but <laughs> i'd hope <laughs> yeah i would hope he would know but yeah if you're going 80 hertz you'd probably be fine with bookshelves but i just personal preference i like floor standards better myself yeah i see now this is where you get into my version of fomo is like if i went book if i went floor standards that is an idea i've always wanted and this goes back way back to the to the early days you wanted I, uh, the exact same speaker all the way around the room mm-hmm. and there were like systems where you had floor standards in all five positions and your mm-hmm. television and it would be and these it was like a 32 inch 
television over the center channel standing there in the middle. And it was like, that was, look at that. That was a system you dreamed of. You're like, Oh, sure. Right. Mm -hmm. And now, now here we are today knowing, all right, we can lay it down. We can do this and that. So, um, but yeah, people do floor standards across an acoustically transparent screen, right? Mm -hmm. You do the floor step, boom, identical all the way across. Um, I would like at least across the front or at least my left and rights, I should say, uh, if I could do floor standings there, that would get me to where I believe like I am right now with the picture, my screen and everything where I'm like, that's it done. You know, mm -hmm. and it's like, if I like the sound, at least I know I have the, the most I can get. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, if mm -hmm. I went with a bookshelf, there's always that idea of like, well, even if I, even if say I grab the SVSs and I'm like, I have the, the bookshelf and I have the floor standards and I set them up in my theater and mm -hmm. they sound identical. I'm right. probably going to go with the floor standards, even though they're more money, just because for the rest of my life with these, these would be my end game speakers. This, you know, I've had my last set of speakers for 30 years. So here we go. I'm mm -hmm. 30 years from now. I'm probably not here. So these are my last set of speakers. So I'm saying like the rest of my life, I'd know I, I can't get better than this. So right. why not do that now? Right. And it's right. like, whereas if I went with the bookshelves, I'd always be like, Hmm, I wonder what the floor standards would sound. Would they be any bit better? Would I get a little bit more, you know, dynamic um, range, dynamic range out of it? I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I think with the book, with the floor standards, I think I would, I would be very much more content for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I'm sure that whatever pre-pro or receiver you're going to end up with in there, you know, they always have their room measurements, whether it's, you know, Diarac or Odyssey or whatever. Right. And I always tell people, you know, I know THX says 80 cross everything over at 80 Hertz. Yeah. And I completely get that, but I like to play around and, uh, mine set mine at, like wide open, like no cutoff at all, because mine can go so low. But I bumped it up to forty. So I always say, try your room. You know, try and see how well they will go and still sound decent. I mean, if you want to do eighty, that's great. But if you can get sixty or fifty or forty out of them, why not? As long as yeah. that it doesn't cause any distortion or anything. Right. I just want to have the most accurate sound. Um, yeah. Like in my room right now. I'm running 80 across the front, but all mm -hmm. my others are at a hundred. Oh, are my they? overheads okay. are at 120 because okay. I'm like, yeah. I know like when I ran the Odyssey, you could see that like my fronts don't go that low anyways. Oh, not my, okay, my sure. surrounds don't go very low and you could see the drop off in the initial. So right. I'm like, Oh, let me fix that. Cause I had originally, I had everything at 80 and then mm -hmm. you watch and I'm like, no, I changed my, 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 my ear level surrounds mm -hmm. to eight to a hundred and then put mm -hmm. my overheads at 120. Mm -hmm. And what that did is it, you know, this was a while ago I did this, but what it did is it brought clarity to a lot of stuff around me. Cause now those speakers weren't doing And, and all that sound was now going to the, you know, the low frequency. Yeah. So yeah. It, 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 it seemed to clean up a lot around my room yeah. as well. So. Yeah. Um, I think that, those room corrections will get are a good guide because the last thing you want to do is if your speaker can only handle say a hundred hertz and you're pushing like 
you got a crossed over at 40, you're not doing yourself any favors. No, no. Yeah. And not only that, it's like, say, say a speaker says like, I, I think my, my S not my SVS, my uh, NHTs, the, the zeros around me, they probably say they go down to 60, but you don't want to push the line. You, you want to, you want it to do what it's good at doing, which is the, the higher frequencies. And it's like, if it, if it's going to send it 80, but it's like, it's really not very conducive for that, but your subs nail 80, why wouldn't you let your subs do that work? And then you let the, these surround channels, which aren't supposed to be doing a lot of bass anyways, right. they're supposed to be just, you know, helping you locate right. ambient sound, ambient right. sounds, let right. them do the, do what, what they shine at and, and and take the other take the workload off them so that's what i did with that and to me it's like almost saying like having a car that'll do 120 miles an hour you don't want to drive it at 120 miles an hour all the time because you're going to blow it up right that that's its limit <laughs> right <laughs> it's probably it's like, almost redlining yeah. to do that that's not a good exactly. idea but you know it'll be fine at 70 but don't be doing right. that yeah. yeah right exactly yep Great analogy. Going with the car analogy. <laughs> <laughs> Always fun. There you go. Always All right, fun. Greg. That was All right. How long's it been? Over two hours already. Look at that. Yeah, I know. Time flies when you're having fun. Oh, so much fun. I know. In yeah. your emails, you were like, I don't know. You know, like I don't know. I don't have the knowledge you do. I'm more, no, we're gonna have a blast. And we had a blast. Yeah, we did for sure, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for being on here. Thanks for HT Tours. That was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah another one coming soon. Uh, yeah, haven't great. recorded it yet, but um, good. But that I was always look forward to it. Awesome. And thanks for the help on Facebook and stuff. Putting the stuff, but we're not. R and I aren't big fans. We're not on Facebook. I don't think. I'm no. I'm not. I don't know if he is. But mm -hmm. uh, you're putting your stuff out there. Really appreciate that because it's just bringing more people to the to all the channels into home theater so thank you very right. much and like that. i said i think your format is great you know it's it's like i said me walking around by myself it just felt weird but when i'm talking to somebody it, it's much more conducive to i think having a good flow so yeah i'm happy to do that and uh you know maybe i'll uh i've always wanted to see boston so if i do i'll hit you up ahead of time there you go awesome yeah. that would be great that would yeah. be awesome. I'd, I'd love yeah. to meet you. Come on out. I met Ira in Boston. So, oh, did you? Cool. Yeah, yeah. I met him cool. over the summer. He came out with his uh, his wife and his daughters, and uh, my wife and I went in town, had dinner with him. Oh, nice. Uh, so yeah, I got to meet Ira in person. Awesome. Cool. That was fun. Well, was yeah, fun. I'm sure it was. So hey, thanks again, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Greg. Really appreciate yeah. it. Um, everybody will be back on. I'll be back on Friday with uh, well with uh steve and with john uh, i say that friday but we record on tuesdays live you can see us on youtube now on live uh this is the audio only but uh thanks again if you want to be part of takeover tuesday shoot me an email the links are in the show notes and uh just like greg you can be on here and we just hang out and talk whatever you want to talk about right greg absolutely <laughs> all right <laughs> thanks everybody have a great week go push play Hey, Fred. This has been a Hey, Fred production with theme music by Jeff Bernhardt and Throne Vault Productions.